This is Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. Here's Johnny. Oh, wait, what do you want? You want? Hey, motherfucker. You never go ask them out. Now what is so damn funny? And here we go. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. Force will be with you. Always. But the truth! You can't handle the truth! What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to episode 15 of the For Real Movie Club podcast. We do this once every month. We break down a couple different movies with a centralized theme, and this month we're going to talk about Terminator for the upcoming release of Terminator Genesis. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) I have zero faith in that film, but I will be watching it and plunking down my 15 bucks anyway. God damn it. And the reason why is because Terminator 1 and Terminator 2 are two of my favorite movies of all time. Terminator 2, of course, is the favorite movie of mine of all time. And Terminator 3 is terrible. And Terminator 4 is (laughs) But uh, we're going to break down Terminators 1 through 4. We can't obviously do the television series on top of this because that is just far too much to break down two seasons worth of material like that. But uh, we're going to follow the continuity of the movies. We're going to give you our opinions about that kind of stuff. And we are going to, you know, rate them and everything else we normally do with the For Real Movie Club. Uh, so we should introduce who's going to be talking. I am Tony Mango, your host of the panel. I'm joined by Caroline Oliveira. Hello. And Sam Lassio. Is Wolfie okay? <laughs> Wolfie's fine. Where are you? Uh, if I didn't hold myself back, there would be so many quotes tonight. Oh. <laughs> I do literally have sections off on these notes that I have. Uh, it's going to be ridiculous. So, um, Forewarned, I may ramble about things that people are like, that's dumb, who cares? And I'll be like, but no, because you see the way that they used aluminum in this one scene. <laughs> and that's a real note. <laughs> Actually, it is. Jesus. I, I, don't, I don't judge. I don't judge. I mean, if this is like a horror one, I will be blabbing. So I think it's awesome, Tony. Just I'm just hoping that there's not going to be a hundred billion puns all over the place. But you know, it's you, so do 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 you. There's not going to be as many puns, because you know, when it's... Uh, because you're passionate about it. <laughs> when it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger thing, he's already beaten me to them. Yeah, come, on, come on, Tony. Just terminate your list. <laughs> We need to do a whole episode of something that's just the best Arnold Schwarzenegger puns, like lay off some steam, Bennett, and ice them <laughs> and stuff. Get your chopper! <laughs> Oddly enough, though, out of all the ones that we're going to talk about first, we're going to go in the continuity of the, the films in the chronological order, of course. Um, the closest one to a horror film, and the one that has the least amount of puns, uh, Terminator 1, The Terminator, mm. is just called. Directed by James Cameron, the uh, film came out in 1984, and my God, does it look like it came out in 1984. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To give you a little information about some of the movie, the side parts of it, and, you know, just that kind of statistics and whatever like that, it is uh, widely considered one of the best action films of all time. It's something where it introduced, I think, um, The Terminator came in, like, the top ten of the AFI's best uh, villains of all time. Don't quote me on that one. Uh, I don't have the the note written down. Uh, James Cameron uh, not only wrote 
and directed it, but he was inspired to make this based off of a dream that he had. He originally, you know, had no idea for this kind of thing. It was just kind of like brainstorming about different movies that he wanted to do in the future and whatever like that. But he had a dream one night that there was a skeleton on fire. And that's what made the whole movie. There's that scene in the end where the skeleton, the endoskeleton is fully burned off from the tanker explosion. And you see the shot of him coming out of the, the rubble. That's the entire basis of this whole series. Hmm. It's very odd. Uh, wasn't wasn't there a legal battle that they like? There was like a legal situation where they thought they ripped off, um, like an episode of Outer Limits or something. Yeah, there's like a lot of different time travel things, and of course, any time that you have anything to do with time travel, people are like, "That's my idea," and you're like, "Well, all right, show us the point where it was like the future humankind and this and that and stuff." And it's like, "Well, that's that's not in it, but I want money." <laughs> Oh, right. here, I found it. The Terminator is the only character to be listed in the American Film Institute, 100 Heroes and Villains, as both a villain, the Terminator in 1984, and a hero for Terminator 2. Notice Terminator 3 is not in there. Right. Because <laughs> it's garbage. And for you DC fans out there, Deathstroke was originally called Deathstroke the Terminator, mm-hmm. but they stopped referring to him as the Terminator because of this movie. And then eventually Deadpool came and people started making comparisons between those two. And people are like, what the fuck, Slade? <laughs> right. So uh, let's just get started with some of this uh, talk. Um, the very first note that I have written down is something that I think goes uh, overlooked quite a bit. It's the opening titles explain everything that you need to know about everything about the movie. And it's not just the little text that they have on the screen where they explain literally the plot. But mm-hmm. you get a good showing of the dystopian future, and uh, the music is just amazing. For such a violent concept, Brad Fidel has such a sad theme. And that's one of my favorite parts about this series, the fact that you can take a movie like this, if you didn't know anything about Terminator, and you just we're trying to explain it to somebody and you said, all right, so there's this big dude, right? And he's actually a robot and he's going to kill this woman because she's going to have a kid who is going to save the human race in the future. That seems like it might come off like demolition man or the running man or something where you could just have, you know, loud explosions and, you know, heavy metal or rock music or something like that. And that, that would be fine, but they go for a somber tone with the music. It's not, you know, this is an action movie and this is going to be fucking awesome. It's just like, it's basically like, look in the future, we're basically dead. Yeah. 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 It's almost like a funeral March. Yeah, exactly. Like don't get pumped about how the human race is going to be in the future. Wasn't there something like a tank rolling over human skulls or something? Oh, that's, that's in the uh, second one, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, see, I'm mixing these movies. Oh, I mean, they I'm do show be it. All of them, all the time. <laughs> they do show it in Terminator One, but I know the shot that you're thinking of, and that's Terminator Two. That's the beginning of Terminator Two. But um, Terminator One, the the only shot that you see is the HK flying, which is, in retrospect, the um, was it stop motion animation that they used in it? It doesn't hold up as well. You can kind of tell where they switched it. Like, oh yeah, you know, it, it kind of moves and then it 
freezes for a second and then it moves over and stuff. But, uh, you know, it's 1984. Yeah. And then Terminator 2 more than made up for it. But like, now Terminator Genesis is the same year and apparently it's still futuristic. Is it supposed to be the same year? Yeah, they go back. It's Kyle Reese going back to the first movie. I don't know if they specified that it was 84. See, though. like, that's what making me so confused. This, ugh. I don't know what they're planning on doing with that one other than fucking it up. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> but, uh, yeah, the basic theme of the movie is um, Skynet is the um, cybernetic organisms that are controlling the, the planet. They have nearly wiped out the human race, but there's one guy who is responsible for turning things around. That's John Connor, and it's Sarah Connor's kid, who she has never, you know, had yet. So the Terminator send a Terminator back in time to try to retroactively abort him. Fantastic premise. Really, like, outside-the-box thinking. Instead of just somebody made a computer and they're going to fight in the present time or something like that. No, you go right. crazy with it and stuff. Uh, opening stuff, what, one of the things that stands out to me uh, with the beginning of the film and this is just a stupid quote that I, I've always loved. Uh, the one truck driver, when Arnold's <laughs> character comes through the time displacement field, uh, it's this older black guy. He's wearing a hard hat. It's very like, stereotypical kind of thing. But he's got this great line, and it always makes me laugh. He goes, what the hell, goddamn son of a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> and then like about 30 seconds afterward... The you know the electricity and stuff starts happening, and he repeats, "What the hell?" again in the exact same fashion. <laughs> I always love um, it when people say one thing and then say the exact same thing again. Quentin Tarantino is great at that. Uh, the movie Four Rooms, he's like, "Say hello to Ted the Bellboy." Somebody's like, "What?" and he's like, "Say hello to Ted the Bellboy." <laughs> it's like you might as well have doubled up the audio, right? Um, Just like how the Roadrunner was only one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Odd in imagery when you first see, you know, the villain of the film, buck-ass naked. <laughs> what do you guys think about that? Uh, the idea that they can somehow send a Terminator back through time with the um, living tissue over it, but they can't send weapons and they can't send clothes. Right, why not put, like, a well... gun on human skin? Mm -hmm. Okay. Geek alert here, but it's true. Um, if he if his skin it's made out of anything like silicone, silicone has a very very high tolerance for heat. Uh, in extreme conditions, metal will be most likely to melt than to have silicone melt. So maybe that's why. <laughs> uh, maybe it's like this uber advanced um, silicone material. And also, I feel like. It just gives them, you know, a chance to let Arnold show his tiny tush. <laughs> that, all right, I'm going to stop you right there. He has a very small Caroline, butt, Caroline, doesn't I'm going to stop you right there yes. and simply say I have a bachelor's degree in chemistry oh, okay. and I've so, studied yeah. physics. Cool. And the only reason that they said the time travel thing could only be flesh was literally because they didn't want to spend their entire special effects budget on a Terminator <laughs> entire movie. 
Yeah, uh, and the fact that you know you have Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movie, and yeah, and if you're going to be realistic with time travel, it would probably suit you to actually put on a metal suit if you were yeah. going to do something like that. Let's we'll see what mm-hmm. happens with uh, Fantastic Four when they go to different dimensions and stuff. But they do say in the movie, um, when Kyle Reese is being interrogated, he says, I don't know, something about the uh, gener- uh, the energy generated by a living organism. And they're like, why don't you bring the weapons? And he's like, I didn't build a fucking thing. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah. It's just like, oh, fuck you, dude. I don't know. What the fuck? Right, because like, so, anything... so many times they'll like do in a movie where like this guy is a grunt foot soldier but apparently knows as much as, like, physicists. Mm-hmm. Like, no, this guy's saying, like, look, I didn't build it. I, I don't know the first thing about it. All I know is I came back. That's yeah. it. But it always made me think, why don't they just, like, alongside uh, the Arnold Terminator send, like, a big, huge plasma rifle uh, wrapped up in tissue? Yeah. You know? But of course, then he'd you know be walking around the streets of L.A. with a goddamn plasma rifle, um, and you can't have that. Which there's another great scene in there uh, I love where he buys the guns, and he's like, you know, I'll have the Uzi nine millimeter, and he's like, oh, you really know your guns and stuff, and what else can I get you? Face plasma rifle with a forty watt range. Hey, just what you see here, pal. Odd note about the uh, sound effects. They changed for the special edition the sound of his uh, gun with the laser sighting. It used to go boom, boom, boom kind of thing. You watch the special edition now, it's like a flip kind of thing. No. It's very like, uh, I don't know why they did that. It's not like the rest of the movie isn't violent as fuck. Right. <laughs> So uh, we get introduced to our characters in an odd way. You see Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, T-800 in a great scene with the whole uh, the punks playing around with the yes. telescope. Uh, and the whole wash day tomorrow, nothing clean. You know, I think this guy's a couple cans short of a six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really, just a, a weird way to introduce a villain to be, like, kind of funny in... Um, in that situation. You would think that like the very first scene would be him just like murdering a bunch of people and stuff. And he does, but you know, you see him naked and you laugh. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, that, that's actually a good point. I mean, unless, I guess unless they're trying to like ease off the audience, like not. I mean, but then it wouldn't really. Yeah, I don't know. I still think it was just like to show his ass <laughs> and like how amazingly built he was back then. Basically, yeah. fun fact about the uh, the leader, the other punk people that want the crazy hair, the blue hair, the blue hair. <laughs> Do you guys know who that is? Oh, I just saw his ass. Well, not his ass, like his face. <laughs> you saw his ass? <laughs> Dude, he's just no, a bunch of ass shots. Sorry, I've been talking about Schwarzenegger's ass for a while. Now my mind is confused. It's Bill Paxton. Oh, okay. Who? Bill Paxton. Hmm. Uh, he was in Aliens. He was in uh, True Lies, if I'm remembering correctly. Or yeah, he was Bill Pullman. He, he was, was the dad the- in Big Love. Yeah, you're talking about the guy with the Coolio haircut, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was in a lot of James Cameron movies. Titanic. Uh, 
he didn't have anything to do with Apollo 13, but he was in that. Like, yeah, he, he's for somebody who is a well-known actor, it's kind of weird to look at him and just be like, oh, you're the, the guy who gets, you know, <laughs> first scene right. Terminator kind of. Yeah. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I just remember yeah, that. Yeah, sure. And he gets killed there, too. <laughs> <laughs> and pisses himself in True Lies. <laughs> Stellar courier. Um I just have, like, so many notes that I can sporadically... So if anybody has, like, oh, let's take the direction in one way, feel free to, because I can always bounce around. But uh, very 80s electronic music throughout this, and uh, the best <laughs> time that you can see, or here, I guess you could say, when uh, the music really kicks in is the shots where Kyle Reese, he has already taken the uh, clothes <laughs> off the homeless man, which is great, because that guy <laughs> took my pants! <laughs> <laughs> And when he's running away from the cops and stuff, you have got that kind of music, and it's just like, oh yeah. man, it's great, but it's terrible at the same time. I love Brad Fidel. Uh, Brad Fidel actually has a cameo in the movie. He's a cop. Huh. Um, when uh, Arnold kills the one cop and then he replicates his voice later on, that's the guy who composed the music. Nice. Oh, that is so cool. Reminds me of the, it reminds me of the music in the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, quite a bit. Which I love that music too. Yeah. Especially the song Attack. It's great. <laughs> um, best song out of this whole uh, movie though, I would have to say, other than the main theme, there's a mm-hmm. song called Future Remembered that is the background score for the, I guess you could say the flashback future, kind of. The flash um, forward. Yeah, the flash forward is something that hasn't happened yet that already happened in the past. It, you, <laughs> they, they literally say in these series, you can you go crazy yeah. thinking about this. I, I guess it's Kyle's flashback. Yeah. Uh, the scene where he goes to the underground bunker and the Terminator storms in and starts just like slaughtering everybody, that music is just haunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Brad Fidel, uh, he has a cameo not in this one, but uh, not only in this one, but in Terminator 2, too. I'll bring that up later. Um, when you introduce the two characters and you don't know what's going on, the movie plays with that quite a bit, and you get to see Sarah Connor, and you know she's got the ridiculous '80s hairstyle, <laughs> and uh, you get to meet her roommate and the whole ridiculous things that she does with a, uh, her boyfriend Matt. Uh, I what love was the... what was her thing? It was like, uh, so, uh, sorry, stupid, you're talking to a machine. Yeah, when they when you call up the answering machine and it's like, hi. Ha ha ha! Fooled you. You're talking to a machine and whatever, and and then Terminator just looks at it like, uh huh. And it, it comes into play. Uh, you know, that's the reason why he's able to track her down a little bit later on. It's a really good set of examples for how you can build something up in a movie, just a little detail, and it'll pay off later instead of just being like, well, let's just throw this to the wall and see if it sticks. Right. Right. Uh, Which, another... unfortunately, it's probably what's going to happen with the new one, I feel like, because... Yeah. Yeah. The new one's going to have so much action, and that's all they're going to care about. <sighs> that's true. And it's just going to make it so confusing. Like, I don't, like... <sighs> Does it... I mean, will it mean that the first one will just be not... not the real situation anymore no it, it's gonna it's something that's referred to as a soft reboot where it's still in the same universe of continuity but they uh-huh. time travel x-men days of future past did the same thing they didn't reboot the series but they went back in time and they closed the time loop such that it's going to follow a new timeline 
Yeah. So now they don't have to follow all continuity. But they're also really taking advantage of the idea that everybody likes the first two movies, and they're replicating this whole introduction, essentially. And it looks mm-hmm. kind of cool, I'll admit it. Like It looks like they built the same basic set, although for some reason now there's an Asian T-1000, and uh, you know the actors are worse. <laughs> um, it's like they just combine the first two movies. I'll be really like- happy if they do something where they show, like... Jai Courtney is um, playing Kyle Reese in this one for some reason. And if they show a shot of him putting on Nike sneakers, I'll be okay. You know. <laughs> Blatant product placement, but, you know. At least he's got those sneakers because he's got shitty homeless person pants. and. <laughs> <laughs> so basically for anybody listening to this, this review of Terminator is brought to you by Terminator Genesis. And that's why we're doing it. So. Yeah. Yeah, we will be reviewing Terminator Genesis when that movie comes out and shitting all over it, I'm sure. Yeah, I will. Uh, <laughs> you, you can tell me how it was. I'll listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but James Cameron does a great job throughout this film of building something up for a little bit later on or paying something off in retrospect or something. And there's a great shot that I think uh, summarizes how he's able to do this where uh, Arnold just crushes a toy car a toy truck with uh, his car it just runs it the fuck over it, like that proves to you right there like this Terminator has n- no like it's just gonna bust through everything and of course right afterward he just flat out murders Sarah Connor in the middle of the daylight uh, there's a deleted scene that they not a deleted scene really but like a deleted extension of the scene where instead of cutting away after he shoots her a bunch of times, just immediately cutting to the next thing, that shows him just getting back into the car and leaving. And all the people on the street are, like, running away, and, you know, there's actually, like, behind him, there were people playing out on their front lawn and stuff like that. And uh, James Cameron was like, you know, I really wanted to show here that this Terminator does not give a shit at all if he's seen by people killing people. Because no one's going to stop him. No. Yeah, he's a machine. Now, one thing I thought was interesting, that I, I, has this ever been stated? Ooh. What the hell? Sorry. <laughs> it has been stated. That was the sound effect that says, yes, ding. Yeah. Uh, what was the Terminator supposed to do after it killed Sarah? Doesn't matter. Just kill a bunch of people until someone destroys it? Was it supposed to or shut maybe, down? Like, self, yeah, it self-destructs or something. No, they're not able to self-destruct. Oh, yeah, that's true. I've always taken it as it doesn't matter. Like, um, their programming is just to do this one thing, and then after that, then whatever happens, happens. But, like, uh, as far as the Terminator is concerned with, if Sarah's dead, that's the only goal. And I would assume if, like, that would have happened, it probably Mm -hmm. would have just killed a bunch of humans until it got blown up. That's what I probably would have figured, because after Sarah was killed, it probably would have reverted to base programming. Right. Like, mission priority is kill Sarah Connor, and then objective two is, hey, remember all those humans? Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> I do have a question for Mr. Mangle, because I feel like he's he's an expert on this. During the first movie, the Terminator, he was like the top um, like top of the line. Yeah, top of the line Terminator, right? Or no? Yeah, 
The yeah. T-800 was top of the line until the T-1000. All right, here's a bad pun. He was the top of the assembly line. All right, continue. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, okay, that was my question, because I wasn't 100% sure, because I, I remember that on the second one, um, and we're going to get to that anyways, as soon, but he makes a point, oh, god damn it, sorry, I keep hitting my head, um, he makes Your a point in saying that- Are you a Terminator? Yeah, yeah well, I'm a, I'm, No, I have, like, a little brooch on my hair, and I keep, like, hitting the lamp, and it's like, oh. <laughs> sorry, um- yeah, no, because by by Terminator Two, he's definitely not right, and that's like mm-hmm. one of the arguments. Like, oh, he's he's better than you, and you come to defend me while well, he's coming too. The come absolute design, yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah, because right. um, the original plan for this actually wasn't even uh, something like an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Originally, when he was writing the script for it, James Cameron wanted the guy, not the main cop, the older black cop, the younger white cop who's like scrawny, uh, Lance Henriksen is the actor's name. Uh, he was going to be Terminator. Oh. Because they're supposed to be an infiltration unit, so they're supposed to be able to blend in more. Hmm. And then they were like, you know what? It's a little bit more sensationalized if the villain is the big muscular one and not like Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to be Kyle Reese. Oh, so it was like okay. the skinny machine versus the buffed out, you know, action hero. Probably could have even had a fist fight at that point. Right. So then they were like, no, let's make it even harder. Let's make the machine the fucking tank. And then, you know, the hero has, like, insurmountable odds. And another weird thing about casting, and this is something that, in retrospect, everybody's like, oh my god. Before they put Arnold Schwarzenegger in as the Terminator, their original idea was O.J. Simpson. Oh, but, I remember that. But they didn't give him the role because they said nobody's going to believe that he could be a killer. <gasps> yeah, I remember. Shut that. up! Really? Yeah. Oh because he was because he was a famous athlete, right? Like, nobody, nobody, like everyone would have known who he was and wouldn't have believed that he could have been a murderer. Just like, <gasps> oh, he's a football player. He's not going to kill anybody. And then you oh. fast forward a couple years, and it's like, ooh, <gasps> damn. <laughs> Oh man! Wow. Which I mean, it's a good thing he didn't get it because otherwise, yeah. well, no, because otherwise we couldn't have called him the governor later. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I have a note that I always thought was funny about the um, beginning of the film too. Um, that they just rip out the yellow pages. And it's just kind of like fuck you if you want to look anybody up. <laughs> they do that in so many movies. They did it. In That's Back to the true. Future. Yeah. Not that Tony would know that. No, I still haven't watched Back to the Future for some reason. Some odd reason. I don't know. Leave a comment below about I'm a terrible person. I know I am. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, there's so many different things about uh, the movie that I can just, you know, say is, like, amazing and stuff like that. Uh, One thing I want to point out, though, and this is... If this... What I'm going to say, we're going to go through our favorite and our least favorite uh, things, too. We we always do that on the Four World Movie Club, so don't worry. We're going to do that. But if I weren't going to pick the thing that I am going to pick for my favorite scene, I would pick this. And that's for the non-special edition where you can see the deleted scenes and stuff. It definitely is my favorite part of the film. And it's a good way to sum up a lot of the series, too. And it's just um, a real seminal moment for it when they've already gotten on the run from the T-800 and 
uh, Kyle and Sarah are parked in the parking garage. And she bites his hand, and he's just like, you know, fuck you. Like, I can feel this pain, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's flipping out, and he says a, an amazing line. He says, listen and understand. That Terminator is out there, and it feels no pity, no remorse, no fear. It doesn't, like, you cannot reason with it. It's there to fucking kill you. And that is it. You know, bottom line, it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. And that's when she finally realizes, like, fuck. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just a good, like, this is your life now. You can't run away from this. It's never going to end. Deal with it. And that's where she switches over from being the waitress that gets ice cream put in her uh, your, her dress. Yeah. To somebody who's like, now I actually have to think about this. And now I actually have to, you know, grow the fuck up and stuff. I love that line so much because it's, you know, it's very, like, gut-wrenching and it just hits you, like, right in the stomach, you know. The, especially the, how it ends, you know. He, he absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. Uh, there's like, some other lines in the movie that really kind of illustrate it, too. Like, when he's yelling and he's going to rip her heart out and stuff like that. But that always stood out to me as one of the best parts of the, the film. Because he, all, he also kind of to the whole Skynet situation, right? I mean, yeah. we've seen the, the, how this movie begins. And for, for most humans... <laughs> of humans everybody's dead and it's really because kind of doesn't feel they're just you know they have a mission and they're just gonna go to do whatever it takes to achieve that mission and i feel like that's also why that line is just i agree it's a really really good line it really resonates with the whole not just the the first movie but also with the second one and mm, the third one (laughs) (laughs) and so on (laughs) Yeah. What do you guys think about the Technoir scene, the nightclub? Yeah. You've got you've got like not only the super eighties people dancing around, that I one dude that. with a skinny white tie who looks like a complete <laughs> dork. Uh but you know, there's some good uh tension there, like when she drops something and then she has to go reach over, pick it up, and that's literally what saves her life. And uh right. You know, the idea that, like, um, oh, something I'll bring up in Terminator 2, there's the shot where you really start to see how tough the Terminator is, where he gets um, shot through the glass. Mm-hmm. And he just gets right back up. Remember, I'll bring this up in Terminator 2. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, I got to say so that. many fun facts with that. What yeah, was my, that you were going to say? When you were talking about your favorite part, it, it's a throwaway line. It, it's meaningless to the movie. But for some reason, every time I watch this movie, I can't help but die laughing. Is when that guy's like, "Hey, buddy, you got a dead cat in there, or what?" Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like possible response: Yes, no, go away, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and he just, in true like robotic voice, he just says it so flat, and it's just like this is the. Rest- like why? <laughs> of all the possible things he could have said, why that one? Yeah, he could have easily went no, 
And the guy would have been like, oh, okay, instead of just, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> I even like the guy saying that line, too, because, like, how I always like the whole, what the hell, goddamn son of a bitch thing. I love how that guy says that. He's like, hey, buddy, got a dead cut in there? <laughs> He's got the cigar in his mouth. Uh, weird thing when it comes to the apartment scenes, if you pay a lot of attention, or actually you don't even need to pay that much attention now, but um, now that CGI's gotten better and stuff like that, all the shots where you see the messed up eyeball, mm-hmm. it's a puppet. Oh, really? Wait, what are you talking about? When he's carving out the eye? No, yeah. Yeah, it's just a puppet. Just a puppet head. That's why the like, face looks so unrealistic. So plasticky. Yeah. They do the same kind of thing in um, two scenes in Terminator 2, but uh, a much better where you can't tell as much. But it's very like uh, when he moves his head side to side, you're like, oh, yeah, he's got like no soul behind those eyes. And then he cuts to the next shot where he puts on the, the glasses and you're like, oh, now he's alive again. <laughs> it's, <kind of> like, <laughs> it's very bad. The stop motion animation is pretty bad in it at certain points. Oh, I like it, though. I feel like... I don't know, like, my one of my favorite parts is probably when he's, like, removing part of his face, and yes, I know, like, the effects are not amazing, but I remember for, when I first watched it, like, to me, that was so cool. <laughs> that it's was... a good visual, like, the idea that he's cutting out the fucking eyeball and stuff, like... The stop motion now, when I look at it, especially when it's full-body Terminator at the end, like, chasing her, it it now looks cheesy, but I remember when I was a little kid and I watched right. that movie for the first time. Yeah. It's unhuman movement mm-hmm. was just terrifying. It, it made it seem more like a robot to me. Logistically, there should there should have been no difference between Terminator and Terminator as Schwarzenegger. There should have been no difference because all it is is an organic layering. But once mm-hmm. it goes full Terminator and it starts doing that stop motion movement. It was just creepy. That is true. That is a really good point. I will have to say, though, my least favorite scene of the whole film, that corridor shot. Oh, really? At the very end. Because it's like (laughs) the sound effects that they use where it's um, kind of like dragging its feet. And it's just like. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. The the overly robotic. With the 80s music and that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, it's, it's just hard to get the like, It was the '80s. Everybody was high on coke. Like that made total <laughs> sense. Like they probably were like, no, we need to add more. We need more. <laughs> just that's what happened. Stan Winston's making the puppet, and he's just kind of like, uh, I don't know if this works. Can I have some more coke? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a shame that uh, he Bless passed away soul. though, because he was amazing. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's another thing that's pretty cheesy in there, but it works, of course, and it's it's necessary, the sex scene. Well, yeah. you gotta... I mean, that. you... Yeah. Not not even just for viewers like me. Like, just, <laughs> just show, like, hey, guys, this is John, like, right now. Like, this is happening. Right. I, actually, I always thought it was, like, really creepy. Now, maybe, like, I, I'm not a people person, and I'm also not a... <laughs> I like I can't like I can be romantic can't I can't be all but I'm not very and I'm very cold so when he's like I came back for you Sarah I'd have been like whoa like all right let's take Boundaries. a step <laughs> right? yeah 
I'd have been like, this is creepy that you became obsessed with this girl and then volunteered uh, yeah. to come back and nail her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he and didn't it, come back to nail her. Well, it's, it's his... Uh, I'm sure it this. was in his mind. Right. right, it's his hero's mother. Yeah. It's like, this is John Connor's mom. And he's in love with her. Like, I wonder if it ever crossed his mind that he'd be his father. I yeah, I was just gonna ask that, like, too, guess, Tony. Probably, probably <laughs> not, because, like, he wouldn't have fallen in love with her. He, he did that before the whole time travel thing. Yeah, but then just from the picture. Right, and then he volunteered to go save her, and, like, they don't know anything. And he even said to her, I think, they don't know anything about his father. Hmm. So, it's, I, I guess I guess he wouldn't have thought that. Otherwise, he's, Still like, creepy, though. I just picture him now in bed with her, like going at it, looking up at the air, going, "I'm doing it for you, Johnny." <laughs> well, he says he's a virgin in there, so I bet the you know the whole sex scene lasts about like a minute and a half in reality, <laughs> and that he probably is sitting there going, "Oh my god, it's finally happening!" <laughs> There's a couple deleted scenes that are before and after that that I think are great. Uh, after that, there's a scene where she starts tickling him. And he's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and she's right. like, it's tickling. And he's like, I don't like this. And she's like, you're not supposed to. And like, he's just like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> you, but you actually see him laughing and stuff. And, right. uh, you know, it's like, there's this kind of like weird bliss on his face of just kind of like, doesn't matter, a... had sex. <laughs> <laughs> this is a guy who spent his entire life in a war zone. He probably mm -hmm. never had that kind of interaction. No, yeah. not at all. And there's a great scene before the sex scene uh, where uh, when they're making the bombs and stuff like that, uh, she mentions stuff about hot dogs. And he's like, hot dogs? And he's like, yeah, hot dogs. And he's just kind of like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. And what's, what's great is like, it's not even that it's so much in the future that he doesn't know what they are. It's because no one's eating hot dogs when you're fighting for life. Like, yeah. it's it's little things. Like, it's not that no one remembers hot dogs. No one was there to explain to him what a hot dog was. Right. They were probably eating, like, things out of cans and whatever they could get their hands on. Well, they've got, like, that pasty stuff that they're eating in the, um, the feature remembered scene. Mm -hmm. And remember, he grows up after the war. It's uh, 40 years from now, so... Like, he's got no hot dogs, you know? Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's figuring out a way to put boots and all the other kind of ingredients together and make a hot dog. All right, who's in the war zone right now? Because, like, that's the second cop car I've heard go by. That's me. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm at Union Square, so it's like every five seconds there's either, like, fire trucks or police or ambulance, HKs. like, something's going on. Yeah, like Illuminati, all of them. What do you guys think about the false finish with the exploding truck, where you think everything's done, and then, bam, the fucking Terminator skeleton pops up? <laughs> I remember when I first watched it, and I was like, <gasps> I, I, it, was, it was almost like, I was kind of, like, frustrated. <laughs> it was really like, oh, thank God, now she's okay. Now she can relax. Now she can go back to whatever she was doing before everything's safe. And when it happened, it was like a mix of being very excited because I think I was like fairly young and I, I grew up watching horror movies and that's like really a horror movie thing where you're mm -hmm. always like, oh, you know, they killed the creature or they, they defeated the creature, but 
the creature is like it's representing something much deeper than just a monster so it's always going to be there so and when i before i watched terminator for me action movies was just it was more like kind of like james bond kind of situation so i remember thinking like but that's that's an action movie like stuff like this doesn't really happen in action movies and that made me like it more than and appreciate it more because i guess it just made me really realize that this is not just a movie that is just gonna you know be another action movie i just watched and that's that it's actually that's why people like it that's why it's considered to be a classic kind of a and then they do it again later on after mm. Kyle puts the stick of dynamite in it, and you're like, all right, well, now it's got to be good. Like the, not right. only did the car explode, but the thing exploded, and then it pops back up, and you're like, motherfucker, how's this thing going to die? Like, this thing is not going to stop. Mm-hmm. I've always kind of disliked that uh, your terminated fucker line, though. Yeah, it was very forced. Mm-hmm. It was very forced. I think the fucker part gets me. Yeah. If it was like your terminated asshole, like then I, I think <laughs> like the, the it, it it was just too forced. It, it really was. Or if it was just you're terminated. Like they, that's what they do when they edit that scene for TV. And, but the fucker part, like it's going to be like, that's mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not a fucker. <laughs> But it is a good a visual to have, like, the, the iris finally goes out. And yeah. Now you know it's done, and it's like, oh, thank finally. God. Finally. Yeah. Reminds me of a how. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know what's creepier, though, the Terminators or Hal. I think Hal is. Hal's oh, creepier. It just reminds me of that. Yeah, if the Terminators each start singing uh, Daisy, <laughs> Bicycle Bill for two whenever they die, that's going to be <laughs> One deleted scene that uh, I think that they really should have kept in there, and I kind of disagree with why James Cameron deleted it. He said that it wasn't necessary because they they wanted to not tell the audience this. They wanted the audience to kind of make their own conclusions and stuff, but uh, that building that they're in, mm-hmm. uh, after they load up Reese's corpse, you know, they put him in the body bag, they put Sarah on her gurney, and they take her into the hospital and stuff like that, Um there's a shot where two workers pick up some of the, uh, they pick up a chip and one of the police guys goes, Hey, you can't touch any of this stuff. And he's like, okay. Then he hands it to the other guy and he goes, what's this? And he's like, Oh, it's some kind of a microchip. Take this down the R and D. Uh, I wanted some specs up drawn up by tomorrow. And then the camera pans up and the building that they're in is Cyberdyne systems. Mm. So yeah, it's like that's why they build it. And, you know, I mean, they go into it in Terminator Two, but it, yeah, like, that would have made so much sense to keep that in my mind. I wonder if it was more uh, because, I, and I could be wrong if that was the one Terminator, but wasn't James Cameron um, during post production in a big fight with some of the producers, and that's kind of why, like, the editing, like a lot of the deleted scenes end up not making. I mean, they deleted scenes anyway some of the scenes just became like deleted scenes it was really because he was in a fight with the producers or um the studio and i wonder if that scene wasn't something um related to that because apparently some of the producers were trying to edit the movie their own way Mm -hmm. and they were cutting short on time like took that one 
to spite them or something because they added to her. Because I always, like, why uh, would? Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, I, I always, I always had just assumed it was they didn't want to set up for a sequel. They did and they didn't. But he does say that they cut a lot of things for time. That people were like, "Well, you need to shave as much off as possible," because mm-hmm. people think this like you can't have a movie that's too long because you don't do as many screenings and people won't want to sit through it and stuff. And then it's like, okay, well then let's do the four-hour Lord of the Rings and everybody fucking goes. Yeah, right. so I'm wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with the Ugh on that one. I don't want to watch people walk for that fucking long. Yeah, I can't. I'm sorry. Like, my bladder cannot hold my soda for that long and will not. <laughs> oh, I have no problem with that. I just want to blow my brains out with seeing everybody talk about elves and shit. For yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, you know, boffle and toffle and whatever. And it's like, ugh, give me a goddamn noose. Hickory, hickory, dot. Sadly, I've watched all six movies, though. Oh, well. Um, I, didn't, I didn't see the uh, last two Hobbit films. Just the first don't. one. <laughs> I I watched the first Lord of the the Rings and maybe the second one just a little bit and that was it. I was like, eh, not for me. Well, they were gonna call it Lord of the Wings, but then they decided to keep the Eagles out of it. <laughs> Stop, <laughs> Rings. <laughs> Let's just put it this way: Terminator Three is easier to watch than Hobbit <laughs> yeah. Two and Three. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Um, Real quick, though, let's go around. What were some of your favorite and least favorite parts that either we talked about and you want to elaborate on or that we didn't talk about yet? Uh, Caroline's go with you first. Okay. Uh, like I said, I do I do love when he uh, reveals part of his face, um, his eye, his red eye. I love all that part. I mean, it, it was like it was like seeing a real metal skeleton in front of me and I love that. Like, film, like again, like a horror movie. Um, so I feel like that would be one of my favorites. I also love the whole shopping uh, scene with the guns. Um, and you <laughs> guys probably hear some of my dogs snoring in the background. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> my least favorite If your dog part, starts barking, then we know that a Terminator is coming. She doesn't bark. She'll probably be really excited because she loves boys. If it was a female Terminator, maybe she wouldn't really like it, but... Um, <laughs> Nobody likes the TX. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame her for that. Um, one thing that I also liked a lot, and it's not really a scene, but it's more um, of um, Sarah Connor's like character development. Um, I love Linda Hamilton. I love her in that movie, and I always love when I see, especially a female character going through hell and start beginning in the beginning she's this super underestimated people take advantage of her and then at the end she's this she shows off as this really strong woman who's just been through hell and back from something that is completely magical and she like totally rocks and i love that um on your feet soldier thing yeah like That's a good turning point. She's, yeah, yeah, I love it. She is just a very, any worse for her, you know? Like, I, because looking at her, like, she already looks like a very strong woman. But the whole thing in the beginning, like, she barely really talks, and people take advantage of her in the diner and treat her like shit. And it's just like, oh, man, like, the, 
every single woman who's been through this at one point in their lives. And then she turns around and she's like, kick ass. And she's like an awesome heroine for the rest of the movie. And I just, I really love that. Um, my least favorite part. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's like one scene that like I hated about it. Let me think on that. Let me think on that one for a second. All right, go on your uh, part, Sam. What do you think? What are some of the good and bad? Um, for me, the bad would probably end up being. It's weird because it's it's so eighties, but it came <laughs> out it came out in the middle of the eighties. So like that wouldn't have been weird for them. But looking back, it's just weird to watch. Back in 1984, when it came out, they're like, "This is so modern." <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I I think it's just weird to see how overly 80s it is. It, it takes me out a little bit. And then, probably my favorite parts. Probably strange to say, I really appreciate the scenes where Kyle is interrogated. Where, like, he re- like, because if you think about it, a lot of movies fall into the trap of guy from the future talks about all this stuff from the future. This movie, you really believe this guy is from there because mm-hmm. he's he's not talking like it's in the future. He's talking like it's now. I know that might be weird like to hear it said that way, but you guys know what I'm talking about with that? Yeah. Yeah, he refers to himself as Sergeant Kyle Reese, Techcom, you know, whatever, instead of like... I'm from the future. I'm right, whatever, right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, he he never really talks like that in a lot of these movies. It's like I'm from the future, and this is gonna happen. <laughs> and like he mentions things that will happen, but he talks about it like I don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. Not a here's some information about the future. It's can you guys let me get on with what I have to do because this girl could be dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like you know I've already answered your questions and. And, and like and like you said earlier, he's like, I didn't build the fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> that whole shootout is great too. Yeah, in the uh, in the police station. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. That would be my favorite part. Another deleted scene is when uh, the older cop—I can't remember his name now. I'm thinking of it, Joe, I think, um, or whatever. He uh, in one deleted scene, he believes it afterward. And he hands a gun to Kyle, the the same gun that he gives to Sarah when he says, you know, take this and I'm going to go out to get the supplies. Mm-hmm. And he's like, she's got to live to do whatever you need to do. And then immediately dies because, you know, it's like, <laughs> I got to say, though, my favorite thing from this movie, and I'm so disappointed that it's a deleted scene. But if you ever get a chance to watch the deleted scenes, make sure that you watch at the very least this one. Uh, there's a scene that takes place before they get to the hotel or the motel. That's certainly not a hotel. Yeah. And, um, Sarah is like a little bit more jovial and she says to Kyle, look what I just found. And it's, uh, the address for Cyberdyne systems. And he's like, yeah, so, and she's like, so we can fucking blow the building up. And if we do that, then we can stop judgment day. And he's like, that's not my mission. And she's like, well, fuck you, I don't care if it's your mission, like, let's blow it up, let's stop all this, and then we can, you know, live happily ever after, and whatever, and he's like, that's dangerous, I'm not gonna do it, and whatever, and she gets all pissed off and runs away, and, um, they kind of, like, find themselves in the wooded area, and he breaks the fuck down, 
and he just starts saying, I wasn't meant to see any of this. There's so much beauty that is gone, Aww. and it's you have no idea how hard it is for me. It's tough for you to deal with this, but he's like, I'm looking at, you know, these birds, and he pulls up this plant, and he starts crying, and he's like, and this, and you, and it hurts. <laughs> and it's like, like, at that moment, you're kind of like, fuck, man. Like, you, you don't think about it with... It's kind of like it falls into like a little bit of like a sexist kind of range, but like this movie plays with that, uh, the gender roles. Like Sarah is a strong character at the end of it. She's not just a damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. She's the one that terminates the Terminator. Right. And Kyle sitting there, he's the one having a, a breakdown because he's saying there's so much beauty out there instead of her being like, well, you're, you're probably a damaged soul and just being like, fuck you. I like guns. I'm a guy, you know? Yeah. And he's sitting there, he's looking at, you know, a daffodil or whatever it is, and he's just, like, crying his eyes out, just going, like, I didn't want to see this stuff. Like, you know, this is terrible. Like, it's amazing. Like, and to, I... him, to him, it's a memory. Like, not even his memory. It's something right. somebody probably yeah. once told him about. And now yeah. he's seeing that it really did exist. Like, not only, it's not even a, it did exist, it's now I can actually hold it in my hand. And he's crying over flowers and birds when they're running for their lives. Like, it shows you how traumatic the future has to be. And how something as simple as that is, like, when he says, you don't get it, everything's gone. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it doesn't matter if, like, you lost your internet connection or, like, you're living, (laughs) you know, in a shitty apartment. There are no apartments. There's no goddamn trees. Right. Like, you know. And it's not like you can possibly, like, get out of your cave or your hiding spot to just, like, Breathe the air, like calm yourself down. You can't really do that because you might die. Mm-hmm. Probably is no air with all the probably from all the <laughs> yeah. bombs that have probably exploded, all the dirt and debris probably in the atmosphere. Yeah, the ashy uh, clouds and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of my favorite scenes of the whole thing. I really wish. Wow, they would have kept I can't that believe that's so. If that this version that you have, can you play the whole movie, including the deleted scenes, or Not do you that have to- one? But okay. you can with Terminator 2. And oh, I see. Terminator that. 2 is so damn good. It's special, uh, extended special edition. Uh, I'll be actually one of my favorite scenes in that. It's going to be, I'll mention that too. And my least favorite scene is too. But um, out of a score of 0 to 10, what would you give The Terminator? Caroline? Um, I'll give it a 7 uh, just because I like Terminator 2 better. But. I mean, like I said, it changed the way I saw action films. Um, I still think that the animation is cool. <laughs> well, you are an effects person. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, it, it's kind of like I grew up watching movies like the 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 Adventures of Simba, like really, really old. Um, slow, uh, not slow motion. Um, Stop motion. Claymation and stop motion. So, like, to me, it's still like it a lot. I still like it. And I do love it that it's very 80s because grow up in, growing up in Brazil, my 90s were kind of like your 80s because everything's just, like, so <laughs> delayed. <laughs> um, so, like, I grew up with my aunts all looking like, um, you know, Linda's, like, haircut, like that kind of deal. So <laughs> I'll give it a seven. You're going to get a message tomorrow and somebody from uh, Brazil is going to be like, have you heard this song, Africa by Toto? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure that people that are listening to this and are Brazilian 
from the South are going to be like, oh, you are totally wrong. I grew up in the nice Bitch, I'm from the North, okay? In the North, your 90s, I mean, your 90s were our 80s and vice versa. Oh, no, that makes no sense. You get what I'm saying. Everything was very delayed in the North, so just deal with that. <laughs> Sam, what would you give it? Zero to ten. Zero to ten, this movie to me is a solid eight. Uh, it's a very good movie. It's action, but it borderline. it's a borderline horror movie. I think Caroline said that earlier. It It's got a lot of themes in it that you really, if, if you're a less intelligent person, could go right over your head. But if you if you look at it, I don't, I'm not sure how to describe it. it. It's the kind of movie that if you really think about it, I think you'll get more out of it. Mm-hmm. Would you guys would you guys agree with that? Oh, yes. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I give it like a solid eight. It's it's one of my favorite films besides obviously Terminator Two. But like I can't say like oh well I like Terminator Two better so I gotta knock that one down a little bit. Like I I'll even tell you guys right now to me T Two is a nine. And this mm-hmm. one's an eight. Like they're both very good movies. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it an eight and a half. Uh, I usually don't give half scores, but um, this is a movie that I can literally just pop on. And some people criticize it because they say that it's too slow. Really? Yeah, I think that those people, a lot of them, uh, are the same people that they prefer something like a Terminator 3 because it's just like mindless action. Yeah. (laughs) And to me, I'm like, Sam sums it up by saying, if you think about it more, you'll get more out of it. There's so much more heart to this movie than something like Terminator 3, which is just a soulless cash grab. God damn, I hate that movie. Um, (laughs) But I'm giving it an eight and a half. This is one of my favorite films of all time. And then when it comes to T2, which just amps it up even more. But uh, we will talk about T2 in the next part. So if you are on YouTube, all you got to do is click on that next video. If you're on iTunes or Stitcher, then you got to just wait about five seconds and we will be right back. Yes, we'll be back. Welcome back. We are talking about Terminator films. We talked T1 in part one. Now, of course, part two, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. My absolute favorite movie of all time. It's been ever since I first saw it when I was a little kid. Saw it far sooner than I probably should have. considering uh, that, you know, somebody gets, like, stabbed in their eyeball and stuff. But this is a movie that I have seen more than any other movie that I have ever owned or anything like that. As much as I know about The Simpsons, the first ten seasons of that, I know about Terminator 2. I've watched the special extended edition with commentary more times than I've watched some of my other favorite movies. (laughs) Wow. It is just the fucking best, and uh, I will already spoil, I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. I just love this movie. Um, So I will bounce around like crazy, saying a lot of really stupid things that are like nerdy as hell, but it'll be fun, right? So uh, to give you a little backstory about this, Terminator 2 came out in 1991, although it takes place in 1995. And they give you a whole lot more backstory of what happens in the future. They actually tell you when Judgment Day happens, August 29th, 1997. And for those that have the special, the Ultimate Edition DVD, if you type in 82997, that's where you can see the extended edition with all the deleted scenes mixed in. It's a little Easter egg that they throw in the DVD. Um, But we follow not only Sarah from 
the previous film, but we also get introduced to John Connor, played by a completely unknown actor. They found him just after doing scouts and, you know, trying to find a young kid, and they were just like, oh, Edward Furlong, this guy seems good for the part. Uh, John's 10 years old now, and he is a total delinquent because he's grown <laughs> up with a mom who teaches him how to blow shit up and stuff. <laughs> he's got foster parents that are uh, assholes, Todd and Janelle, and uh, Sarah's locked up in a mental institution, Pescadero. And uh, this movie is a good way to flip things on its axis. You would expect that a sequel would follow along and maybe... You know, another soldier from the future gets sent back, and then the Terminator, it's the same Terminator again or whatever, but they decided to go a different route. And before they actually, like, had the internet where you can have people spoil things and stuff like that, the trailers for this market it as Arnold as the villain, where... They actually do this kind of in the, the first couple of scenes, too. They reverse the expectations. You see the T-1000 as a cop. And, the and a really nice, gentle guy. <laughs> yeah, right, he's like, he's, he's, not co- he's not cold like Schwarzenegger was. Mm-hmm. He's friendlier, he smiles, like, he's engaging. Yeah, and, and the then, and then when you a biker. And right. he's still yeah. cold, like, in the first one. Yeah, he, you know, fucks shit up. He stabs somebody in the uh, back, and th- that's another great line of somebody delivering it weird. Oh, pull it out! Pull it out! <laughs> <laughs> uh, he fucks shit up, and then you see the T-1000, and he, you know, it makes, they purposely don't show you him stabbing the cop. It makes you think that he just punched him. And he takes his stuff, and, you know, you're assuming the cop's the good guy, the dangerous biker's the bad one. But... You know, in repeat viewings and stuff, you start seeing, like, the total difference of how he doesn't actually really hurt anybody all that much. Like, uh, the TV 800, I mean, he tosses the one guy over and he lands on top of the stove, but that guy's going to walk away. The guy with the, you know, stabbed through the shoulder or whatever, they're going to pull it out and he's going to be fine. You know, he doesn't kill the guy who gives him the shotgun. He just takes his glasses. And, and and then it creates that iconic scene where he's got like the box of roses and then it falls. Yeah, and that is one of my favorite parts of this I movie. I love that. Yeah, not only it's, is it just cool imagery, but it's like a good—I don't know—like a, a way to kind of showcase the beauty behind death. <laughs> oh, that was so deep, Tony. <laughs> I love that. I'm not even joking. Like that—that was—that was pretty. Because, I mean, eventually it's going to happen. That's the story of this film is Judgment Day is still going to happen. Like, you you know, everything's great at the end of uh, – well, not everything's great, but, you <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> know, at the end of Terminator 1, the storm's coming. And in Terminator 2, 10 years have gone by, and the storm still hasn't gone yet, but that's because it's coming up in two years. And, right. And, you know, there's this kind of, like, impending doom and uh, – at the same time, though, it's like you know that what this is supposed to build toward is them winning. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like it needs to happen for them to win, but it would be so much better if it didn't happen. Like that kind of a thing. Uh, we'll talk about that, too. Um, oddly enough, though, in this movie, and they've pointed this out before, and it was lost on me a little bit until I read uh, stuff about it and I 
you know, watch the commentary for the first time and stuff years and years ago. But they really point out Sarah Connor is the real Terminator in this movie. Huh. She's, like, the first time you see her, what is she doing? She's working out. She's, like, deranged looking. Uh, she's already been she locked up. She stopped the guy in the knee. <laughs> yeah, like, she almost kills Miles Dyson later on. Yeah, the experiences what... from the first movie have really messed her up. Yeah, yeah, they've warped her into a killing machine. And while she's doing things like, uh, you know, hunting down Miles Dyson, the T-800's learning how to joke around. Yeah. Right. It's really cool, different parallel, and um, that's just amazing that they do that kind of stuff. And And even though the T-1000 was better at adapting, and better at mimicking human interaction. Really, you can almost say by the end of it, the, the T-800 is almost humanized. Mm-hmm. Like, he actually begins to feel for John. Yeah. Even the delivery of the different lines that he says, I mean, the, the beginning of it, it's just like, get down, now, and that yeah. kind of stuff. And by the end, it's, you know, John, you Now I go. know why you cry. Oh, God. Such a good line. <laughs> I actually, I, I, when I rewatched this for the podcast, I actually cried a little. I'm like, oh my god, yes, Arnold, yes, we all cry. I'll admit, I almost cry every time I'm watching the movie. Yeah. Because it's sad as fuck. Like, yeah. I know now why you cry, but it's something I will never be able to do. And, it, you know, it's like, ah, oh, it's just sad. Uh, it's like short circuit, but horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though they have their sad lines, they have their funny ones, and some of them are unintentionally funny. I always love the scene where uh, the T-1000 is trying to find John in his step home, or foster home, and he's just like, you know, uh, do you have a picture of John? Do you mind if I keep this picture? He's a good-looking boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're just like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and take it, you know. It's kind of when you know that his foster parents didn't really care because I feel like as a mom, you'd be like, why do you want a picture of my son? Especially because they say a, another guy was looking for him earlier, a big dude on yeah. a bike. Yeah, <laughs> that, wearing leather. Like, is that okay? <laughs> no. Yeah, okay, well, you can just take the picture. Just, you know, just go find our son who's doing something or whatever. <laughs> that weird uh, group that they've got going with... Uh, Todd and Janelle and John and Budnick from Salute Your Shorts. It's so amazing. <laughs> and one of my favorite lines in the whole film that nobody ever remembers, and I'm sure you guys will be like, what? It's just, uh, you've got, you could be mine playing in the background, Guns N' Roses, and uh, John and Budnick are on the motorcycle. And instead of singing along with it, and, you know, it's a cold heartbreaker, fit to burn, like a lot of really catchy lyrics and stuff like that. There's uh-huh. just a shot where Budnick's bobbing his head and he just goes, Bow! <laughs> 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 like, what the... This it went into the final product of the movie. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, yeah, bow! <laughs> um, another line that stands out to me is something that always makes me laugh uh, is when... Uh, it, another great scene... Uh, fantastic scene where the T-800 and um, John are talking about, uh, you know, the mission and what's going on and stuff like that. And 
Arnold grabs him a little bit, and the guys, the muscle-headed guys, can oh. see that something's happening, and you know they come over uh, with a whole, "Hey, goddamn it, what's your problem? Damn yeah. it!" <laughs> <laughs> and then the guys come over, and it's like, "Hey, can you need some help?" And he's like, "Yeah, take a hike, bozo." And he's like, "Oh, wait, come on, man, let's go." And the the guy who looks like he is still stuck in the '80s. Uh, yes, glorious. He, he has a great delivery for the line. He's like, "Fuck you, you little dipshit." <laughs> Did you call moi a dipshit? A dipshit? Oh god, I love that scene so much. It's He's so cringy. Such a douche. Like, uh, it, John is an asshole. Like, he is such a dick in this movie. But, but you know what? Realistically, he would be. Yeah. He's, he's what, like 10 years old, 9 years old? Yeah, he's a 10-year-old kid, he's and 10. he's grown up with a psychotic mom, and he's got foster parents that don't give a shit about him, and he's he got wouldn't, a friend who he doesn't know lyrics. Right, he wouldn't le- <laughs> realistically mature until he was like maybe in his early twenties, even. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it makes total sense that he wouldn't be the savior of humanity at this point. Now, T three kind of ruins it, but oh, yeah. at this point, he really shouldn't be a tough, battle hardened kid. He should be a douche. But he still yeah. knows this stuff. Like, they have that scene where the whole easy money thing—he hacks into the ATM because, like, right. John yeah, should know I love that machines. <laughs> And he, you know, he can load the guns perfectly fine. He, like, he knows his shit. Like, right. It's just that he, he doesn't have the war to fight, so he's bored. Like, he's Basically. the kind of uh, situation where if you're really intelligent, sometimes in school you do really poorly because right. you're just like, this is boring. I know it. And John's like, oh, I'm the fucking leader of humanity in the future and stuff. <laughs> if that happens, and if not, I'm still badass. And you know. She's not my mother, Todd. Like, you know, that kind of shit where it's just like, oh, fuck everybody, you know, man. And gets a good dose of reality, though, when he sees that, uh, you know, the T-1000s attacking him. Fun fact about this whole thing. Right. Uh, talk about the mall here. Actually, there's a couple things about the mall, but uh, I mentioned Bill Paxton in the first movie. Mm-hmm. The two little girls that the T one thousand is talking to, and the one says, "I think he said he's going to the Galleria." Is the actress Nikki Cox, who was in the TV show Unhappily Ever After, huh. and um, Las Vegas, I think is the name of it, or whatever. If you saw her, you'd probably recognize her. But uh, she was big in like the late nineties, early two thousand, something like that. Yeah, I like when the T one thousand showing the picture to all the kids and asking if they've seen him. The one kid points him out. I just remember watching it the first time, like, fucking narc. Yeah. Yeah, he's really <laughs> <here>. <laughs> uh, Even that, though, they're playing games in there, and John's playing one about saving humanity. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he's playing another game, and it's about f- piloting a freaking military plane. Like, he just gravitates towards it. Yeah, which is why T3 makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Everything that happens in the mall, there's uh, two shots that are... Actually, they're both like in the same thing, but they reference each other. Um, the composer of the first film and the second one, Brad Fidel, shows up in the mall, too. Uh, there's a shot where Arnold gets thrown through the glass in the exact same fashion that he falls in Terminator 1, mm-hmm. the technoir uh-huh. scene. And when he gets up, there's a guy standing there holding a camera like a tourist kind of guy, and he just looks oh, like, what yeah. the fuck? That's Brad Fidel, the same composer. Uh, and it's right around the same thing where they show that mannequin, the silver mannequin, kind of foreshadowed the T-1000's look later on. Um, ah. The corridor scene with the, with the roses. Um, mm-hmm. That's so cool. That first 
gunshot is made up of so many different sound effects. It's a rifle in a canyon. It's what you know, really? Yeah, it's they have this whole breakdown on the DVD where they show you like they originally had just like a shotgun and it it kind of sounds weak. And then here's a rifle in a canyon, and here's a rifle in a canyon with an echo, and here's all this mixed together, and it becomes that huge bam kind of thing. But when they shoot him, uh, they needed to cut down on the CGI, of course. Any of the shots where it's not like a moving thing that's healing on the T-1000 in that corridor, it's just aluminum foil. Um... They just, like, taped it to him. <laughs> they... uh, and that's just, like, so cool. He, like, shoots him, and, you know, the the shot happens, it cuts to after he's already been shot, so you don't need to see it, like, coming out, kind of. Right. Um, I mentioned earlier the scene where John tells the Terminator not to kill anybody. Amazing. Helps set up a lot of the movie. Uh, I love when he shoots out the guy's kneecaps, and he's like, what the hell yes, are you doing? Yes, he'll live. He'll live. <laughs> The sitting hours are nine to four. <laughs> oh my fucking knees! I got a wife and kids. Can I just can I just talk about like the very first scene with the biker club real quick? Oh yeah. Um, I just read something online that while they were shooting that, well, well, the night they were shooting that scene, um, this tourist lady had no idea they were shooting a movie, and she walked into the bar thinking it was just like a real biker bar and then she saw even though there were trucks everywhere with lights and catering and whatnot and then she saw arnold just wearing boxers and she actually asked him like oh what's what's going on here and he's like oh it's just stripper night and she actually <laughs> bought it and she wanted to sit in the bar but then i guess like the pas or the ad was like uh sorry this is actually a movie set <laughs> And I thought that was really cute. <laughs> I wonder if that's the inspiration for T3. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Which, goddammit, T3. <laughs> uh, let's see here. We got I wonder one. if that's still going to be one of your worst movies ever after you watch the this next one. This it new better one. The be. Genesis. Uh, Genesis, Genesis better not be worse than T3. <laughs> I have a feeling it's probably going to be a little bit better than Salvation was, but maybe not much. Yeah, probably on par. And um, it's coming out July 1st, right? Yep, I'll be seeing it yep. June 30th. Side note, can people shut up about spoilers? Where they're like, they're showing John as a Terminator in the trailers. Why are they spoiling the movie? It's obviously oh not God. a spoiler. No, it's obviously not a spoiler, dumbass, if they're showing it in the fucking trailer. <laughs> I'm convinced he's not John, but we'll see. Uh, I'm going to say they either, like, w tried to replicate him and make him think he was John Connor. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's what I think. Hmm. He, he looks cool. He looks but he's, cool, yeah. At least when he's in, like, Terminator form, he looks really cool. But other than that... That brings up a good point, though. In, uh, when they were going to make Terminator 2, they were trying to think of sequel ideas. And naturally, you might think, well, they could just do another thing. Arnold's the bad guy and stuff like that or whatever. But one idea that they had was, well, what if there's two Terminators? And then it was like, yeah, that's really kind of lame, though. It'd just be like, well, they fought one Terminator the first time. What if they fought two this time? But then that got them thinking. And they were like, well, what if there was a good Terminator instead? And the T-1000 is a huge upgrade. Um, and they've mm -hmm. kind of made it where... Terminator 3 kind of, like, messes it up a little bit, but there's a different form of Terminator in each different series. Uh, 
T-800 in Terminator 1, T-1000 in Terminator 2. They mentioned the T-600 in Terminator 1. And it's one of the things that's fun about this. Uh, I always think it's weird. They go, 600 series had the rubber skin. They never mentioned 700. But then they go to 800. They never <laughs> mentioned 900. It was 900. like a messed up one. <laughs> yeah. They never mentioned 900. And then they go to 1,000. And then they go to TX because they're fucking lame. But, um... I always just I always just imagine that the series went every two. I always just kind of went with the seven hundred probably had different type of skin that still wasn't as good. Like maybe that was silicon, and mm-hmm. um, then the T eight hundred has the real skin. The T nine hundred maybe that's something where that's you know well actually the T nine hundred I think is what they used for Cameron and the TV show, mm-hmm. and um, I'm not too sure about that though, so don't quote me on it, but. Uh, the worst thing mm. possible though is the uh, 3D ride after Terminator 2. That's the T1 million, and then like, oh, give me a break. But uh, you know, wait, Terminator... the ride, the, the ride at, at Universal. Yeah. It's oh, the I T1 love million. that one. It was so cool. <laughs> it was cool, but it's like you wouldn't even have like the T3000. <laughs> it's the T1 million. Like this one's ten times better, even though it's the exact same thing. It's just got a lot of tendrils. But... And that brings me another question about uh, since we're talking about the different types of Terminators, um, the uh, and uh, the cop one. I'm sorry, I'm bad with numbers and letters thousand. all together. Like, thousand. Yeah. That was T1000. Uh, he he's made of like liquid metal, right? Mm-hmm. When he arrives in the present, he's naked, and then he steals the the clothes from the cop. But then after he he changes himself to uh, pretend to be um john's foster mom he becomes liquid metal again but once he comes back to himself he's wearing the cop clothes a lot of people have been trying to figure that out and wait what what is it what is it she said so uh so okay so he he arrives in the present naked right so he that's like his his form um and then when he um pretends to be john's foster mom he becomes her. And then after he kills the dads, he switches back into his regular form. But when he comes back into being the cop, he's wearing the cop clothes and he's just not naked anymore. It's almost like the clothes have become part of the liquid metal. Like when I, like, my, my assumption was always he came in that skin uh-huh. and, and then he put on the cop clothes but throughout the film, when he was morphing into other people, uh-huh. I think he re- I think he realized that I, my assumption was he just ripped off the skin, and the metal body like took on flesh and clothes. Oh, so he like mimics like whatever. It, it was. I always uh... assumed it was mimicking. Well, they call it, it mimetic polyalloy. Right. Oh, That's why it's so, able to. So he had to have come back with the skin on. Yeah, that's something that people have been, like, criticizing the movie for. They say, well, if the Terminator has to have the skin on to come back, what's the T-1000? And some people have said, well, what if there's kind of, like, a thin, like, layer that he sheds kind of like a snake? Or Mm. what if there's something where maybe, like, part of the, the alloy itself, maybe it's got, like, skin cells or something? I mean, it makes sense what Sam said, though, because if he's a highly adaptable, like, he already knows how humans 
interact. Like he's able to pretend he's a cop and not get anybody nervous around him. Yeah, it makes he can sense get in that different he, areas and yeah, he will be able to then figure out how to mimic clothes as well. Because even when he changes into the mom, like I don't think he killed her took her clothes off, <laughs> switched nah. into her body, and then got dressed. Like, no. So that actually makes sense. And I just I just w- wanted to know what you guys thought about it. I, I wasn't sure if they said, they said it in the movie somehow and I didn't catch it, if there's, like, some sort of Terminator law <laughs> regarding <laughs> that. I don't know. No, they I keep just, changing was, that stuff around. Curious. <laughs> One thing that they did in the uh, deleted scene, though, is they have him... Uh, after he's killed Todd and Janelle, he goes through the house and he's just like goes through John's room and he uh, runs his fingers over everything. And the reasoning behind mm. it that they said was since he can mimic stuff and whatever, that he reads information more through touch than through sight and sound. And, That's cool. You know, like he feels like his movie posters on the wall and, uh, you know, runs his hands over like his bed and stuff like that to try to get like an indication of like what kind of like how like a dog will sniff out things. Mm-hmm. And that's actually, I'm going to spoil that at the end of this kind of thing, but my least favorite scene is that scene because he kills the dog. Shut and up. But that's all you do. You don't scene. kill dogs. Like that's just, you know, any, any yeah. movie that kills a dog is my least favorite scene. So yeah, I um, agree. But it makes sense yeah. because they hate the dogs in the future because they sniff them out. So you know, but right. that's also when he notices, he looks at the collar and he notices that the dog's name's Max and not Wolfie. And that's oh. when he's like, oh, fuck, the Terminator got me on this. Like, um, So they they should have kept it in there, but, uh, you know. No, thank God they didn't. Yes, I... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite deleted scenes that is something that is an extension, um, they show it at the beginning of the movie they show it midway through at one point and then they really elaborate on it but uh sarah keeps having a dream of the nuclear holocaust and she oh god that nightmare sequence oh god especially the way that she explains it where she says they fly apart like leaves Mm -hmm. but before you see the full version of that there's the scene after the orderly Dougie <laughs> <Kate Dougie>. um, <laughs> when he tells her uh, when he tells uh, Silberman Dr. Silberman when he tells Dougie I don't like to see the patients disrupting the rooms you know mm-hmm. you should take care of this and stuff there's a deleted scene where they drug her they hit her in the stomach with a nightstick force oh her to God. take pills and she passes out yeah. and there's like a dream sequence where she imagines Kyle and he tells her like you gotta be strong for John because John's the target now. And she's like, I know, but what can I do in here? And he's like, you know, you, you gotta figure something out because our son's gonna get killed at some point. And they share an embrace and whatever. And then he um, gets up and he starts walking away through the corridors. And she's like, you know, I still need you. And he's like, you're stronger than you imagine. But remember the message. There's no fate but what we make for ourselves. And you have to do this, you have to get out or else, like, there's not much time left in the world. And, uh, not only is it cool to see Kyle, but it's cool to see, like, the love that they still have, kind of, even Mm -hmm. though it's a dream, but that she still, like, loves him. Right. Um, 
and when she when he's leaving uh, the hospital and she's chasing after him in the dream, he leaves through the door that when she opens it up, it opens up right to the park, and she starts having the dream again, and then she wakes up and stuff. But uh, there's another really great scene um, in the hospital that uh, it, it ties into that, and that's the it's not an interrogation, but it is. It kind of calls back to the interrogation of the first movie. Where I think I know what you mean. Yeah, they're interviewing her about should they be able to transfer her to a minimum security thing. And uh, a good showcase of her being able to, like, put her emotions aside and try to, like, manipulate them a little bit. And Silverman, though, of course, is just kind of like, you're telling me what I would need to hear, you know, whatever. But that goes to show you that she's... She's not nuts. Right. Oh, yeah. I think that this dream that you just talked about also touches on a very important point. Like, Kyle is telling her to be strong because John is the target. And then once she sees John again, when she's out of the hospital, she's, like, fairly cold towards him. Like, she, she's not, like, motherly. It's almost like mm-hmm. she's playing the soldier part. And... I feel like that was also such a great choice for the movie because we would expect her to be like, "Oh, my little son," and be just a mess. And no, you know what? You know what part gets me every time is how she's been this cold, calculating soldier the entire movie, and as soon as she sees the Terminator for the first time, she almost pisses herself. Yeah. Yeah. Like Especially it doesn't. It's the same Terminator. Like, right? He's back, and she just starts squealing and turning around, and it's like I'd rather be locked up. Right. right. Like it doesn't matter how prepared she is or how how much training she's had. Seeing him is just a living nightmare, and I love that mm-hmm. slow motion. Because at the end of the day, she's still human, yeah. and. It's and she knows it's, she, it's she kind of easy she's to match. forget that. Yeah. She knows she could have all the training in the world. It's not going to save her from that. Mm. Right. Especially inside a tiny room in a mental institution. <laughs> right. Yeah, when the T-1000 breaks in there and he kills that one guard, there's uh, actually a couple different twins that they use in the movie. The guard, Lewis, who gets the full house <laughs> in the, uh, the coffee scene. The actor is, um, there's two actors, they're twins. So that's how they were able to do that without trying to, like, you know, blow the CGI budget. (laughs) Weird enough, though, at the end of the movie, when there's two Sarah Connors, Linda Hamilton's a twin, too. Oh, really? So that's her sister. Hmm. Her sister's the one holding the, um, the shotgun, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, the one that says, uh, move out of the way, John. So they, they were able to do that uh, to save some on the budget there. Uh, another oh, wow. little, another little fun fact about the hospital thing when the they are in the elevator and they're shooting, you know, to try to make sure that they can shoot the T one thousand above them. She didn't put her ear plugs in, and now she's partially deaf in one ear. Hmm. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. Oh Because that the echo in that's such a small area. And guns are loud as fuck. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Another weird thing, because I just know way too much about this movie. When they shoot <laughs> at the cop and they take the cop car right after that scene, 
they shoot a marble into the window because <laughs> they needed to make sure that little circle happened. So they actually like put a marble in a thing and shot it. Um, that is so cool. <laughs> weird stuff. Uh, <laughs> but There's a deleted scene that I think plays up a lot of what they should have had in this movie. Because um, a lot of the movie really, there's a point in it where the action slows down. And some people argue that, that that's when they're in like the junkyard. Dying. When they when they they escape the hospital, and they're on the run and they're in uh, the desert and yeah yeah uh, that's junk, junkyard area yeah T one thousand has no way to track them and stuff like that so you know there's not really action and stuff but um, that's where you really dig into a lot of the themes of the film like Cyrus carving in the no fate uh, in the table and. He's learning how to, you know, become more human and stuff. One of the reasons why he does that is there's a deleted scene when they're stitching each other up in the um, abandoned, uh, what's it called? I'm drawing a blank here. The gas station. Uh, there's yeah, a scene was... where where they reset a switch in the Terminator. They actually, like, they drill a part of his head open and they filmed the scene using a puppet and using Linda Hamilton's twin sister instead of a mirror because it was just too hard to do it and uh there's a a switch that makes it to where he can learn more human emotions when they take the chip out sarah gets a hammer and she immediately goes to smash it and john stops her he puts his hand over it and she's like we have to kill it now because it's it's a machine like it's it's not on our side and he starts arguing and he really steps up in it he says to her Look, if I'm supposed to be this great fucking leader, then maybe you should start listening to my ideas once in a while. <laughs> and that's when she realizes, like, you're right, you got me. And he's like, we need the Terminator to stop the other one, and we need to just reset the switch and stuff. So when they do that, that pays off a little bit later on. They've got a scene, a great deleted scene, I recommend it for everybody, where they're in the desert area. This is, you know, when they're getting the food and stuff. And he says, you know, you got to lighten up a little bit. You smile once in a while. And he's like, smile? And he's like, you know, <laughs> smile. And he goes, that person over there, that's a smile. And the Terminator literally reads the smile, like the technical layout, and tries to do it. And he looks like this like weird like horse smile. <laughs> yeah. And John just goes, that's good. Maybe you should practice in front of a mirror or something. And then he just gets this really pissed off look on his face like fuck you i like my smile (laughs) i liked when uh sarah was mentioning that he was almost like a father figure to john yeah Mm -hmm. that was nice out of all the possible things that's the one that makes the most sense even though it makes no sense whatsoever right you know he would never hit john he would never you know be late for stuff he would never you know he would always take care of him and stuff and that's another sad thing in the movie too because it's like you forget, John grew up without a father. Right. He grew he... up in, like, a mess-up situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his mom was locked up. Like, he was... I mean, And he made... doesn't know that his mom's not nuts. Until right. He right, because he thinks his mom's nuts at first. Yeah. yeah. And there's so much shame in him when he's, uh, when he's like, rubbing the ATM and he's like, yeah, my mom t- uh, showed me how to do this. And his friend's like, oh, so cool or something like that he's like no she's a nut she's locked up and you kind of see him being like yeah that's that's what i have to live up to you know like my mom being a crazy maniac who 
has delusions. Mm. And that is so sad. And it's a good turning point when he first sees the Terminator. And I'll bring this up in Terminator 3, too, because it pisses me the fuck off in this movie. (laughs) Um, But in Terminator 2, all he's got is the corridor scene. You know, two seconds of get down. Oh, my God. This dude just shot this other dude. And what the hell is going on? I'm going to get the fuck away here. And then when they... You know, he's on the bike and he says, stop, pull over, time out, whatever. Immediately he goes to, don't take this the wrong way, but you're a Terminator, right? He knows it's a Terminator. Yeah. And that's when he's like, my mom was right. Oh, fuck. And and from that point on in the movie, he never says anything bad about his mom again. Right. It's always, I have to go save my mom. I love her, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, because that's when he realizes, like, I'm, you know, I, I can't be mean to my mom my mom was right and all she's been doing is protecting me this whole time and uh you know with him not growing up with a dad he knows his dad like is somebody in the future but you can see a lot of like sadness in him and kudos to uh edward furlong for pulling it off when he's Mm -hmm. talking to the terminator about it and he says you know i i guess i'm gonna meet him when i'm 40 or something it really messes around with your head like yeah because it's tough enough for kids in real life to deal with like, I don't know who my father is, but imagine if you were told you are going to meet your father when you're 40 and the world's ended. You're the most important person in the world. Make sure that you save your father's life though, because you're going to send him back in time. So he can die. That is the one thing about Terminator salvation that I'll give it credit for is the desperation in John to save Kyle when he knows that he's in danger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see some other things to point out here. There's a deleted scene where the T-1000 is glitching out, and you can see that he's starting to kind of lose. That happens after one of the best scenes of the movie, the liquid nitrogen. Hasta la vista, baby. Everybody fucking loves it. (laughs) It's badass, you know. Oh, definitely. Um, I love the way it was filmed, too. It was filmed, I think, using mercury. Yeah. Really? Pools of mercury, which they probably got so sick from. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I actually have to backtrack a little bit. um, I skipped over Cyberdyne. Uh, There's a whole subplot, which, thank God they did this. They deleted it from the first film, that scene where she says, I found Cyberdyne's building address. Let's go blow it up. Of course, Sarah's going to have the same mentality. Let's go blow up Cyberdyne because that's why she gets arrested in the first place. She wants to do it. And they meet Miles Dyson. You know, they do the whole scene where she's about to kill him. And then she realizes that she's like a Terminator and she can't kill a human life. Right. Um, and, and, and the fact that they had the arm and a lot of the stuff in the first Terminator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like they, they took the same things that they deleted from Terminator 1. They put it in there. That's why it's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a weird thing uh, when they introduce Miles Dyson and the intern guy with the lollipop. Yes! <laughs> if you go back and watch the scene, there's this weird shot. I don't know what the actor was planning on doing here, but when he says, oh, you got to sign it out and whatever, and he goes, can you tell me what it is? And he goes, oh, yeah, you know, I asked him the same question. You know what they told me? Don't ask. And the guy just nods his head forward in this weird, like, chicken kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> always makes me laugh. Um, you, know, you know what's one thing that always makes me laugh? is when they have um, Dyson with them at the end when they're, like, fighting it off, and he's about to, like, blow the building out, and he's like, 
yeah, the the list. <laughs> and then it just it's, and then it slows and slows and then. <laughs> <laughs> that always made me laugh too. It's just so weird. It's so sad though. Like it's yeah. depressing, but it's kind mm. of funny. But it's redemptive too, because this guy built the thing that destroys humanity, and he sacrifices his life for it. Yeah, you know, he realizes he clutches onto the uh, trigger, and he's just kind of like, "I'll do it." You know, I'm, I'm fucked anyway, but I also kind of deserve it because I did this. And um, I do hate his wife, though. How she's just kind of like, "Jesus, Miles, oh my God, aren't we changing the future now?" And he's like, yep. <laughs> like I always kind of liked how uh, she freaks out when he starts slicing the skin off his arm. Yeah, she doesn't even know what's coming next, but she's just—he's right. cutting his arm. Ah! Yeah, like, what would you think that guy is doing that to himself? What is he gonna do that? Like, what is he gonna do to me then? Right. Right. Uh, little Danny sitting there playing with a remote control car, but you don't see the daughter because the daughter's only in a deleted scene. <laughs> so oh. it, just be- it just becomes like important. Danny, and that's a, the only important one. Um, but there's a, a really good set of sequences with Cyberdyne. Uh, there's the payoff of the whole thing with Don't Kill Anybody, where he does the whole, that's oh, a war zone down here. A great scene with the minigun, which that's actually a real minigun that he was just carrying. Like, hmm. they needed, like, four people to, to lift it up, but Schwarzenegger could do it. Of course he could. Nice. He's fucking Schwarzenegger. Uh great scene with that there's like another funny line that's one of my favorite lines out of any movie ever which is when um they take uh the security guard the watchman and they tie him up in the room and then the other security guard comes and he's like gibbons come on man you can't keep leaving the desk like that <laughs> oh oh shit <laughs> Poor old reminds me of the guy from a uh, jurassic park What's I that? always just I always just know him as Newman. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. When, yeah. Like when Samuel L. Jackson rolls up workstation and just knocks everything over. <laughs> Dodson, we got Dodson here. See, nobody cares. <laughs> uh, there's a great part, the whole trust me scene, where the he you know kneecaps all the guards and stuff, <laughs> all the SWAT team members and. Um, but that's another good thing where it goes to show you that the Terminator is actually starting to learn stuff because he's, you know, he smiles when he says, trust me. Yeah. So that's the payoff of the smile moment that got deleted and, uh, good, uh, callback with the whole get out. I love how they do that. And, uh, I'll be back. Of course comes back and it's, you know, mm-hmm. the, the iconic line before it got like just fucking overplayed. Yeah, even in Terminator yeah. 3. Yeah. Then they're just forcing it. So what do you guys think about the ending being in the Molten Steel factory? Oh my god, that iconic T-1000 death. You know how many things have been ripped off from that? It's horrifying. He swallows yeah. its own head. Right. <laughs> and the sounds it's making, that screeching. It's like, it's probably never been... I. I, I don't know. I, I don't remember the backstory on it. But isn't it the first T-1000? It's not like there was a ton of them. Wasn't it designed? So. It was designed specifically to go back. So I it probably never has experienced death. That's kind of weird to say, but like... Yeah. It probably didn't know this was an option. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> well, there's no option. I mean, they're going to keep doing it until they're dead. But I always wondered, did they ever use that vat for anything else later on? Like, is that is there like a T-1000 built into some bridges or something? Because <laughs> they, they didn't extract it. And what did they do with the leftover arm? Because Arnold's arm gets chopped off in the one gear. And they don't throw that in the molten lava. Lava. It's not lava. The molten steel. <laughs> so I always thought that that would have been Terminator 3. That they found the the arm. Yeah. That makes more sense. There's no chip. Which that's kind of fucked up. But <laughs> Which I mean, would there be... Like, the thing is liquid metal. They, they don't even go into how a chip would even be in there. There's oh, gotta be some true. kind. There's got to be some kind of core to it, but like it, there, there isn't. So I don't know, like how the thing's even functioning. I think at that point, that's because they're like, eh, it's a movie, you know, right. <laughs> like, like not that it was so realistic in the first Terminator, but now they're like, all right, it's a liquid metal Terminator. Be damned with the science. It exists. Go. Let <laughs> me get the saddest scene of the whole movie: the thumbs up. Oh, man. That With that song playing? Oh. Like, the saddest version of that, except for maybe even the love scene in Terminator 1. But that's just like, ah, oh, that's a heart puncher. Yeah. The thumbs up of just like, I'm okay, buddy. You know? And I order you not to go. And the whole, oh, man. It's 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 rough to get through it, but it's like, it shows you. And it they pointed out in what I think is the true ending, because there's a deleted ending to it. Uh, the movie, well, uh, you like the normal cut of the movie ends with that shot of the road. Yeah, and she's saying like, you know, we're gonna move on in the future. It's like, you know, we'll we'll fight it, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, but I forget. Deleted... Does the movie end on the fact that they think Judgment Day is over? No, that they aren't sure about it. Okay, that they're like, you know, we think that it's over, but. You never you really know, know. You never really know, so what we're going to do is we're going to keep our watch and, you know, but we'll be able to handle it kind of thing. Which but makes they, no sense for when T3 is like, but we stopped it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the deleted ending to it, which in my mind is the canon ending to it, and I refuse to believe anything else, it's in the future. Uh, they're at the same playground that she's been having the nightmare with. Uh-huh. And she gives a voiceover similar to what she does in the first part of the movie where she says, you know, three billion human lives ended on in 1997. And she says, August 29th, 1997 came and went. Nothing happened. Michael Jackson turned 40. People got up. They argued with each other. They went to work. They made love. They did everything else. And all I wanted to do was scream through the streets that every day is a gift and you don't understand. But instead I got drunk. And she says that now they show her she's an old woman and she's like, it still haunts me that this is going to happen, but I know that it isn't and that this future is past because John now fights the battle in a different way. He's a senator and he's got a little girl and he's pushing her on the swing and I'm getting choked up. This is ridiculous. (laughs) And, um, she, uh, the little girl says, uh, she goes over to her and she's like, oh, can you tie my shoe, Granny? And she ties the shoe and whatever. And uh, she's given, like, the voice recorder. Like, that's what she's doing the, the voiceover for. And she says, you know, like, uh, 
it's basically the whole thing like you know this is a gift and all this other kind of stuff like that and the future is it really is there's no fate but what we make for ourselves but she has a great line and it it makes so much more sense when it comes to this ending she says if a machine can learn the value of a human life maybe we can too and that's how the movie ends that's awesome and that's like perfect for it because it means there's no horrible future John is still the, one of the most important people in the world and stuff like that. But, you know, she says his weapons now are logic and common sense and reason, not plasma rifles and shit. Right. You know, she had a shitty life and that's why she still gets drunk and stuff. But she set up, you know, everything. She saved the human race with John and like, ah, uh, I just absolutely love it. But. Uh, yeah, me, but you know what? That, but that doesn't open it up for any sequels. Exactly. I, yeah. And they, they they probably wanted to make it a trilogy. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it's yeah. kind of like the uh, the argument I did with X Men: Days of Future Past. Why did you show the nice future? Because now we know X Men: Apocalypse isn't going to be an yeah. issue. <laughs> so it's like if they had that in the movie, and then there's Terminator Three. It's like, oh well, they're gonna stop it, right, guys? But, <laughs> I still say, side note on Days of Future Past, I still say that should have been the end. They shouldn't right. have done Apocalypse. They should have done Apocalypse for a reboot. But, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, other things that you guys liked about it, favorites, release favorite scenes and stuff? Um, I already went through everything that I had. Yeah. <laughs> I rambled along like a bastard, but anything you guys want to bring up? Um... I mean, I, I, we talked about it a little bit, but I did not know that, that um, Edward Farlong was an unknown actor by then because he did a really good job. And I, I just really like his whole interaction with um, the Terminator because he's still a kid, you know? And like the scene with the, with the 80s strong guys who... <laughs> First one to protect him, and then the blonde one gets mad or whatever. Like, that's such a cool scene to me because it's almost like, oh, you know, this little kid probably got in trouble in school, and he never had a chance to really suit up to, like, the big guys, and now he has a freaking Terminator on his side, and he can get away with anything. And... This guy. I can't believe him. He's calling me a dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think that, I mean, again, it's a great movie it has i believe the right amount of story and action even when you know action wise it directs down a little bit like you guys mentioned i think that's still good because we get a chance to see all the other sides and get to know the characters a little bit more even though you know we feel like we do know them but there's so many layers to sarah connor that i just feel that that moment, like, I really loved it. And, I mean, yeah, it's probably one of my favorite non-horror movies ever, which speaks a lot because I'm very biased to horror movies in general. And, yeah, I did cry at the end. I cried when he said the line about, no, I know why you're crying. It's like, it's just so bad. It's, it's not a lot of action movies nowadays can do that to you, you know? And that's that shows how strong it is. You reminded me of another little uh, side note. That scene where they're driving in the car and she asks him about Miles Dyson. 
Mm-hmm. And he starts talking about, you know, this is what happened at Judgment Day. They shot missiles at Russia. And he's like, oh, isn't Russia our friends now? <laughs> 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 and then Russia fire, fires back. <clears throat> uh, Arnold couldn't remember it. So there's actually note cards taped to the dashboard that he's That's reading awesome. from. Because <laughs> <laughs> he just couldn't remember all the shit. <laughs> What about you, Sam? Any favorite or least favorite parts that we haven't talked about? Uh, nah, my least favorite is probably that cringy scene where he's, like, standing up to those two guys just because he knows the Terminator's <laughs> there. Like, it's, it's a cool scene, but it's a, it's a cringy scene. Like, I'm watching it like, oh, man, who wrote the dialogue here? <laughs> but, th- but then, okay. like... <laughs> you just can't kill human lives. Why? Because you just can't. Why? Because you just can't, okay? <laughs> right. But then um, some of my favorite scenes are, like, the emotional scenes with, like, the Terminator and stuff and realizing, like, it's basically becoming sentient. And and then it dies. Like, it, and, it, and it's not even it's killed in action. It knows it has to die. Yeah. And, he, and it even knows it's going to upset John and it makes him feel better about it. Yeah. Like, it, it's... Ugh. Like, that's probably one of my favorite parts. And, you know, that's also an interesting point, because it cannot self-destruct, but he is aware that he needs to sacrifice himself for right. the greater good. And, and it's like, it's begging amazing. to die. Yeah, yeah, that is just like, I even got goosebumps just now. It's beautiful. A weird, a weird thing where, like, he shouldn't care, and that's like, um... They mention it in the series, essentially. Like, every once in a while, somebody will, like, the TV show and stuff will be like, well, you know, does it matter if, like, any of this happens? And they're like, well, it's my mission, you know, that's that's what I'm here for and stuff. But you wouldn't think that he would care about, like, what happens with the human race, other than the fact that it's his mission. He's there to yeah. protect John, and John's protected, and now he really could do anything, but he knows that that's not the right thing to do, and earlier on in the movie when they show the pictures to Sarah Connor and they're like, look, this is the guy that shot up the police headquarters. You know, you're just sitting here and you're not telling us anything. And the guy goes, doesn't this mean anything to you? Don't you even care? Cause she's the Terminator at that point, you know? So she doesn't even seem to care, but the Terminator does. Of course, later on she does, but you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good way to do that in the movie. Yeah. But, uh, Caroline, what would you give it out of a 10? I'll say nine and a half, just because I don't think I give 10s just, just because, <laughs> but I, and that's just like a super rule. I don't know where it came from, but I love the movie. It's a movie that I would never get tired of watching it. And I'll probably still cry every time I watch it. It's just, if you watch really that good. extended edition, you might. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm such a baby. I cry for every stupid shit. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't ball for a week. I'm still <laughs> reeling from Littlefoot's mom dying. Like, and it's been so <laughs> long that I've seen that movie. But you know, yeah. Sam, you said you give it a nine. Yeah, I definitely give this a nine. It's what it's up there with some of like my favorite movies. It's not the kind of movie that I can just pop in and watch. Because if I catch it not from the beginning, I'm actually disappointed, and I'll wait to see it from the beginning. 
It's the type of movie that if I'm flipping through channels and I see a shot of like a boot, I'm like, oh, Terminator. (laughs) (laughs) It's really, really sad. But speaking of sad things, I know why you're crying and it's not because the Terminator is gone. It's because Terminator 3 is next on our list. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, we do have to talk about that one. So uh, stay tuned. We will be back with Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. (laughs) So T1 gets a score that's very high up on our list. T2 gets a score that is almost perfect. T3. (laughs) Uh, I'll just say it right now. I'm giving it a 3 out of 10. And the main reason I'm giving it a 3 is because... Oh, look at that. Wouldn't it be funny if I gave T3 a 3? And there's really... (laughs) I could justify giving it a 2. This movie is so disappointing. And I have to say... I love Star Wars. I love James Bond. And I love Terminator. They're three of my favorite franchises of all time. When I see something like the prequels, a lot of people are like, that ruins Star Wars for me. Yeah, they're disappointing. You know, Anakin is a pain in the ass in the first film, and in the second one, and in the third one, and uh, Jar Jar is just one of the most horrible abominations of characters that ever existed in (laughs) film history. And I look at John, uh, James Bond, and I, when they first announced Daniel Craig, I was like, oh, God, this guy's going to be a terrible Bond. I ended up liking him, but... I like him. Quantum of Silas is probably the worst Bond film out of the modern ones. Well, no, it's definitely the worst out of the modern ones. I even would rather watch Die Another Day. But Terminator 3 is the most disappointing movie I have ever seen in my life. I actually went to see this movie three times in theaters. Oh my god! I paid twice and I snuck in once, I'll admit it. Because the second time I went, I went, I have to go see this movie again. It can't be as bad as it was. Like, for my favorite movie of all time to have a follow-up that's that bad, I am going to force myself to like this thing. Never worked. (laughs) (laughs) Because this movie is so bad. And there yeah, sim- a... similarly, uh, I was 13 when the movie came out, and when I saw it the first time, this is actually a similar reaction that I had with the Star Wars prequels. I saw this movie the first time, 13 years old, and I'm like, oh my god, that was so cool. Then I see it a second time, and I'm like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Wait, that doesn't make sense either. Why are they doing this? You know what, on second thought, that doesn't work. And it's like, by the time I saw it the third, fourth, fifth time, I'm like, this movie is garbage. Mm-hmm. Like, utterly. Like, it's it's a travesty. And it's yeah. not even that it's a bad movie in the Terminator franchise. Like, I mentioned the James Bond ones. On Her Majesty's Secret Service, to me, is one of the worst Bond films. It's hard to get through. They've got that annoying christmas theme music in the background. And it's not even good Christmas music. It's, where did Christmas trees grow and shit? Like, uh, <laughs> that's, like, a bad Bond film. This is a bad movie. Yeah. Right. And it's got to be because it's not James Cameron. And it's not that, like, that there's, you know, only one good director out there. But the fact that James Cameron did the first two and he put a lot of effort into it and he thought about things like the lighting in Terminator 2. The reason why everything's blue-tinted is because they wanted to make it cold and mechanical. They didn't think of any of this stuff in this movie. They thought of things like, wouldn't it be funny if we had a bunch of gay jokes? Wouldn't it be funny if the sound effects are a bunch of clanking metal things and oh you know what would be even cooler what if the terminator was this chick 
And I'm very hot, kid. And she was like super fucking hot, and she made her tits bigger in one scene. It's like, yeah. oh god, man! Like immediate <laughs> um, disappointment from the you beginning. You know what? Of the movie. I actually, for the longest time, and and well, actually, until we decided to do this podcast, I actually thought that the third ter- Terminator was a parody. I didn't think that it was just like, a, I'm not even joking, like, until you guys were like, okay, let's do this. I was watching, like, oh, it's actually a part of, oh, okay. It, it reminds really me of the, uh, it reminds me of the Brady Bunch movie, where, like, at first I'm like, oh, well, this is, like, real, right? And then you find out, oh, that wasn't real. This is like, please, God, don't let it be real. <laughs> and, they're like, and they're like, no, it's canon, and you're like, damn it. <laughs> I mean, you start off a movie when they were advertising this. They advertise it Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines. Like all shit's gonna go down, and I was like, "Fuck yes, that's so cool! They're gonna finally do Judgment Day." I'm sitting there in the movie theater, and the very first thing is this sound effect of <laughs> this depressing drone music instead of the opening titles from the first one. They don't have the main theme, so immediately I'm pissed. Because something that bothers me about the Bond series that they're doing now, they don't start off with the gun barrel. And every Bond movie that doesn't do this, I get, like, I literally, when I went to go see Skyfall, uh, my girlfriend at the time, she turned around and she looked at me and she noticed I squirmed in my seat that they didn't do it. And I'm like, do the gun barrel, damn it. Like, you know. (laughs) And in this one, I'm like, you're not doing the Terminator theme? Why aren't you doing the Terminator theme? What is up with this depressing music? And it's not even that the music was depressing, like to try to make you feel depressed. It was just like this bad music. Like it wasn't sad. Like the you know the beginning of Terminator Two has this kind of ominous thing, but this one is just like the sound of like a hungry stomach. <laughs> it's like uh, I gotta do this movie. Uh. Oh God, that's my stomach. And then <laughs> this monotone I... voiceover, and it's John, and he's like. I'm John Connor. I'm depressed and shit. I've got no personality. But beer's good, I guess. You know, it's fun sitting on bridges. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Uh. This, this, You know what? This movie came out in 2003, the same year as Freddy vs. Jason and Daredevil, <laughs> and it feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> it really well, I does. like Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> you like Freddy vs. Jason because it's so bad it's good. There's no that's other true. reason. Yeah, like no, that's very true. And the director's cut of Daredevil isn't a horrible movie. It's watchable. Yeah. And and I can't imagine any kind of a director's cut that Jonathan Mo- Jonathan Mostow did on this being anything just it's probably just even more of the worst things. Unless they showed two seconds of the Terminator and then they cut to the credits. Yeah. <laughs> if they show the very last scene of the movie and that's it, then that's amazing. But we'll get to that. Uh, another thing that bugs me about this movie that just goes to show you how little effort they put into it. John says in the opening, or uh, it might not even be the opening. No. Yeah, it is. It is in the opening. Okay. So that's how much I know Terminator 2. I can tell you about aluminum foil in the background. And right. Shit, but I don't remember what scene he says <laughs> at this one. He says they sent a Terminator back in time when he was 13. No, they didn't. You they sent 10. it back when you were 10. It shows it on the oh. goddamn screen in the movie. It wasn't even like it was up for interpretation of what year Terminator 2 took place in. They show you, before they even show you John Connor, 
in that time period. And when they show you, you know, the older John Connor, but T-1000 opens up the police computer and it says John Connor age 10. And the fuckers that did Terminator 3 went, eh, he's like 13 or something. Right. That has to be what they did. There's no other explanation where they're just like, how old was he in the previous movie? Eh, he had to be a teenager, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. 13. All right. And there's another line in there where they don't know what the hell's going on. Now I'm going to, I have a subcategory of my notes here called John is an idiot and we'll break that down. But oh yeah, he says in one, uh, Arnold says in one line, uh, that was a different T one Oh one. No, it wasn't. And this is the, the fanboy in me that people will be like, Oh, give me a break. It was a T 800 Cyberdyne Systems Model 101. They never called them T101s because T101 would have came way way before they even had the rubber skin with the T600. Yeah. But you know what? That just goes to show that people that, like you, Tony, like you actually, you love, love T1 and T2. And there are a lot of fans like you that feel the same way. So for them to come up with a movie that they didn't even, it almost seems like they didn't care to rewatch mm-hmm. <laughs> the first two and live up to it. It just felt so rushed. And I don't really get how it could have been. Like, I understand movies like Saw that just got worse and worse and worse because they just had to, like, spit out a movie every single Halloween because they had a contract. But how many years? This was, like, 03, right? 2003. And Terminator 2 was 1991. So yeah, so it's not even... They, they had time. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like they were under contract and they just had to... Like, they had six months to get everything ready. So it's just... that, And that's why I thought it was a parody. I thought it was just, like, a huge slap in the face of real fans and just... I, I went on IMDb to look up some of the quotes in this movie. And I've got three that on IMDb are actually right in a row that are perfect representations of what this movie could have been and what this movie ended up being. One is the TX, and she shoots that woman and goes, Catherine Brewster, and then she tastes the blood and goes, no. <laughs> like, that, that is actually, to me, kind of cool. Yeah. Like, it's, it's sick, but, like, it's mechanical, like, it would read the DNA. That, to me, is cool. Then there's Gas Station Cashier. Hey, are you going to pay for that? Terminator. Talk to the hand. Ah. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one here. This just shows that John is not John Connor. He's, Terminator goes, you cannot self-terminate. He says, no, you can't. I can do anything I want. I'm a human being, not some goddamn robot. Terminator. Cybernetic organism. John Connor. Whatever. Either we go and save her dad or so much for the great John Connor. Because your future, my destiny, I want no part of it. I never did. Which I'm pretty sure is not true from T2. Like, not that he wants to be it, but that he was prepared. Mm -hmm. That if he had to, he was prepared. And then the Terminator. Based on your pupil dilation, skin temperature, and motor functions, I calculate an 83% probability that you will not pull the trigger. If this is supposed to be John Connor, you're goddamn right he would have pulled the trigger if he had to. Yeah. If that could have stopped it, he would have killed himself. Right, but he was too much of a bitch. (laughs) John Connor is a fucking moron in this movie. And he's not just a moron, he's a little pissant douche. Yeah. 
He's like, so likable. <laughs> like, you're supposed to believe that Kate and him get together? Why the hell would she ever want to be with him? Yeah. She's right. going to get married to this guy who seems like a nice guy. Scott's just kind of like, you know, hey, let's go shopping for stuff. I, You know, I hope that your dad comes. You know, he's a good looking guy and stuff like that. No problem. And then you see John and he's like, he breaks into stuff and he does drugs and uh, he's like this grimy little wimp and he complains the whole movie and he doesn't know what the hell's going on. Like the first time that they show him meeting the Terminator, he says, are you here to kill me? No. If he wasn't been there to kill you, he would have done it already because you sat there and stared at him. Right. John figured it out in Terminator two on his own. They, Oh, don't get this the wrong way, but you're a Terminator, right? And he didn't see any metal or anything. But he and goes, he oh, this guy's, he, this guy's a Terminator. And this one, there's a Terminator coming at me. I should stand there still and just be like, ah, oh, dude, sucks. <laughs> and another one that uh, annoys me to no end is when they're in the car and they're, like, arguing with each other. And he's asking the question, um, uh, what was it he was asking? He Do was like, remember uh, me? What, it was, um... Uh, it was when the Terminator goes, it was Catherine Brewster who reprogrammed me and sent me back through the time displacement field. And he says, why didn't I send you back? I'm not authorized to answer your questions. So then Kate says, why didn't he send you back? He was dead. It's like, so wait a minute. In the first two films, there's no mention of John Connor being dead. So I'm assuming that this is in the future from when they send them back, that John Connor ends up getting killed. But now his wife, apparently the second in command of the resistance that we have not heard of before now is suddenly prominent. It didn't make any sense to me. I hate how John says, don't you even remember me? And then it's the whole, it's a different T101. He's like, oh, I'm going to have to teach you everything all over again. But then he goes, what do you guys come off an assembly line or something? Yes. Yes, they do. Right. They're machines. And they're not T-101s, they're T-800s. Uh, we'll talk about the death thing, too, because i got a bone to pick about that. But uh, you mentioned about the idea that Kate is you suddenly, you know, here's this veterinarian who becomes second in command and stuff. One of the biggest problems I have about this movie is you take Terminator 1 and Terminator 2, and Sarah Connor is the main heroine of the film. First movie, Caroline said it great. She goes from somebody who gets pushed around to somebody who, at the end of the movie, she's able to stand up for herself and she destroys the Terminator. In Terminator 2, she's a badass. She's, you know, a hardened killer. And she's got this, like, not only is she buff and she knows how to use all these weapons and stuff, but she is the epitome of what a strong female character would be. Yes. In this movie... You couldn't go further from the truth. <laughs> You've got Kate who whines and complains just the same as John. She does one thing in the whole movie. She picks up a, a gun, shoots an HK, and he's like, you remind me of my mother. I'm so hard right now. Like it's. Uh. <laughs> but the movie is so sexist. It really yeah. is. Sarah Connor's a woman that can accomplish anything in the movies, kind of. And then you've got, like... The Terminatrix, you gotta call her. Really? Right. And she appears 
out of all the places in the world, in the window of a clothing store. The one one part yeah. I did really like is uh, when Kate's like, if I tell you where John is, do you promise to let me go? And he's like, yeah, and she's, he tells him where he is, and then he goes to shut the trunk, and she's like, wait a minute, you told me you let me go. And he's like, I lied. <laughs> you know what it is in this whole uh, female character situation, and that's what really upset me about um, re-watching this movie and actually realized that he was not Barry. <laughs> uh, Sarah Connor was a great character. They did not think, oh, you know, uh, she's a good character, but yeah, uh, she has a vagina and she has boobs. So we just have to keep reminding everybody that, you know, she's she's a female. And female characters are, are, are there, you know, to, just so that we have more diversity. No, like she was a warrior. She was main character, one of the main characters in the first one, one of the main characters in the second one. And she was a damn good character. Like nobody really cared if she was you know physically attractive or not because she was such a great character and with t3 it's like a constant reminder that yes you know we have like female characters um yeah they're female characters they're not gonna live up to like be strong and badass like the male characters and even like the the female terminator who is supposed to be isn't she supposed to be like a better yeah she's like the most advanced terminator you can possibly get because she's got the oh, t-1000 man. stuff mixed in with weapons and right and then it, instead of being like wow wouldn't it be cool if we had this badass terminator and it was a woman and you know she exactly they make her the first scene scene she's in she makes her boobs bigger and it's exactly like, and it's just like <sighs> come on and i remember that when i watched it um and uh, i mean there were girls in the movie theater but it was a mainly like guy audience and I remember they were like hollering so much and making such a big deal because she appears naked. And to me, like that just like set up the tone that, you know, this is not just going to be, this is just a detail. Like every single Terminator comes to the present that mm -hmm. way. No, but like, oh no, with her, like they did like the sexy shot. Like, yeah, she's a very attractive female, but that that's it. And that's, no bueno, because even in nature, a lot of the female animals tend to be way crueler than yeah. the male ones. So it just had to be, uh, yeah. no. There's a scene later on where there's a bathroom fight, one of my least favorite parts of this movie. And for some reason, they felt the need to add it in there where she's walking by a bunch of mirrors and she checks herself out. Mm -hmm. You know, so because that's a, that's what gag. females do. That's what yeah. females do. We like, can't oh, resist typical a mirror. Woman, she would be checking herself out yes, in the mirror. And it's oh like, no, God. she's a Terminator. She wouldn't check herself out in the mirror. <sighs> but the, even like on top of the sexist stuff, there's so many homophobic things in this movie. He John says, you gay fucking machine. And then there's the gay bar. And the gay bar is so bad. It's like if you took the idea of the Terminator 2 introduction but made it lame. And you had like, oh, the talk to the hand. Whoa, bitch, wait your turn. And the stupid yeah. glasses gag. He would never put the glasses on to begin with. <sighs> yeah. And it, as if it spits you in the face enough, they 
for a split second, I thought that this was going to be the same Terminator from Terminator 2. Like, that they replicated the same programming features or something. You know, I wouldn't know how they would have done it, but they make a big deal in the first and in second uh, second film, Terminator 2, that instead of just ripping out stuff with cars and stuff, he says, why don't you check to see if there's keys? And later on in the movie, you know, it pays off. Terminator pulls down the visor, the keys are there, and he just puts the keys in. Right after the gay bar scene, he pulls down the visor and something falls. And I'm like, oh my God, is it keys? No, it's a watch because he needs to check the time. <laughs> and he doesn't have a clock inside of him. <sighs> Damn it. Like... Yeah. <laughs> so bad introduction, bad music, bad like everything that they're starting off with. But then that takes us into one of the biggest set pieces of the film. And that's the car chase. Uh, I guess you could call this a fun fact, but there's nothing fun about this movie, really. That part where he crashes through all the glass, they didn't have the budget for it, and Arnold Schwarzenegger sponsored that himself, because he was like, that'll be really cool. So here's like a couple thousand dollars to build it. Can I just say that part of me really wish you say that, pretending to be Arnold and doing like the the accent that he does? That would be cool. (laughs) Here you go. <laughs> I hate this action sequence too though. Like they get so much more mileage out of the T one thousand chase or any of the car chases, especially the car chases in uh Terminator One, where you're just like shooting at each other and that's it. And then this mm-hmm. one they've got like the metal clanking sound effects of like when the he hits the ambulance and he knocks it over and it's just like clink. Like, <laughs> And uh, when he gets hit with the the other the fire truck, boink! Like, oh, well, that'd be funny if he hit that and you know, no. <laughs> turn to drive, pull over, like that kind of stuff. And uh, man, it, it just turns my makes my blood boil. Like, I hate it. Uh, what do you guys think about the? Uh, oh, actually, you know what? Before I even forget that, uh, when I'm on the topic of sound effects the opening shot of the Terminators from the future, which is not only the most fakest shot that you could possibly have gotten for the future, they've got the plasma rifles in there, and it's like, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what do you guys think about the car chase that goes from having a police motorcycle to having a fire truck and having, you know, let's just take things to the next level. Again. Yeah. It kind of felt to me that I was watching, like, Fast and Furious. There's, like, a mock-up version of Fast and Furious. Like, I even wonder if that year was the year of big car chases. <laughs> like, something they were trying to be better and bigger and faster and more crazy than and crazier than the, the rest of them. And I remember that there was even, like, this joke among my friends. Was that, like, oh, that's such an American movie. Of course they had a really big car chase mm-hmm. in it. <laughs> And it's sadly, it's kind of true. Like, if you compare that to the motorcycle chase and the big truck on the on T2, like, that was, like, over the top. But that was so freaking cool how they did it. And, you know, having, like, that tiny bike and having this monster truck coming after them. Like, that was, that was, like, simplistic in a way that they weren't jumping around, like, changing a bunch of vehicles. But it was so much more effective. And much more like heart racing than this one. 
What do you think about that car chase, Sam? Uh, the whole fucking movie is just garbage. <laughs> like, I kind of, I kind of just, man, I'm like listening to you guys talk about it, and I, I'm just sitting here. I mean, I'm, I'm checking Facebook right now. I'm so done with this. Movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Even before the car chase happens, there's something that I found out what that note was that I uh, noticed ahead of time. I had a note written down here that just said "fuck off." Oh yeah, I was yeah. gonna ask you about that note. <laughs> I, I figured out what it was in reference to. It was the part before that happens when they're still in the animal hospital, and it's the the very first time that the two Terminators fight with each other. Terminator uh, Arnold Terminator the T eight fifty or the T one oh one, you know, whatever. Uh you mean to tell me that the fucking truck bounces that way and hits the T X and not Kate? That's a good point. <laughs> I don't care I if he's a fucking machine. He could not have figured that out to plan that out so perfectly. Yeah. That is just a lame stunt that they were like, wouldn't it be cool if he did that? Wouldn't it be cool? Yeah. And then out of all the places where he runs into her, he smashes the, the TX into a building, which pushes another car into a set of propane tanks, and it explodes. Unnecessary explosion. Yeah. Don't you think like that was the case with this movie? Is They were literally thinking, wouldn't it be cool if? Wouldn't it be fun mm-hmm. if? And kind of like storytelling or... Trying to provoke any emotions other than having the audience go like, oh my god, that's awesome, which I don't even think they really accomplish unless if you're the kind of person that really loved The Expendables and thought that that was like Oscar worthy, yeah. like you probably loved this movie too. Um, maybe not, maybe even not. <laughs> but I, yeah, I feel like that was the, the case with this movie. It was like, oh, let's just like put a lot of like cool, like macho stuff in this movie and and go with that. <laughs> it's another example of that is when she kills the fiance and she just twists in the bed. Oh like, yeah. Uh, something out of exorcist. Yeah. It's pointless. She wouldn't have twisted around. She would have yeah. killed him immediately. She wouldn't have sat on the bed. Yeah. You know, it, unnecessary horror thing like that. Is, yeah. Is it like, what can we do to make it big and crazy and over the top? And it's just, it's not what Terminator is about. Like it's such a like a dystopian future idea, and the whole idea that humanity only has this one little hope that some for some reason the villains from the future keep trying, keep finding different ways to ex- extinguish, and it's all we got. You know, it's just like one person that can change the whole thing. But no. Just, just like car chases, boobs getting bigger, and ugh. what did you guys think of the idea that instead of hunting down John because they can't find him, they hunt down the generals? I thought that was okay, but it's kind of like, well, uh, you know, blah. Like, yeah, it was like it to me kind of felt like almost like an afterthought, almost. And I don't know if it's because like everything else in the movie was just so weird and like disconnected. Like I just. It would be better if that was like more of a, like a solid point. I think like we're out of it. I don't know. I In my it. mind, if you were gonna send back a Terminator that's meant to kill other Terminators, and she he even says my presence in this timeline's been anticipated, 
So they think that they know that this is something that's going to happen, where this Terminator is going to go back in time to save John. Mm-hmm. And that's why they send a TX to begin with. But if you're going to do that, and you decide, well, we'll just hunt down the generals, wouldn't you send, like, five? Yeah. Yeah, or at least, like, a really amazing one that wouldn't spend time looking herself in the mirror. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it really makes no, not a lot of sense. It's like one of those movies that you just, you kind of just, you watch it and you're eating the whole entire time and it's okay if you have to use the bathroom because, you know. Because you're not going to miss anything. Yeah, you just might miss some gay jokes and that's about, and not even like good jokes. No. Bad, yeah. You're going to miss things like Arnold putting his head back on. Yeah. And uh, one of the stupidest parts of the movie where the TX has corrupted his system and uh, he decides that he's going to kill John, but he can't. So instead, he takes his frustrations out on a car. You know, that's what you do. You know, know, I wanted to kill John, but I want to save John and fuck this truck. (laughs) (laughs) So dumb. Yeah. You know, if he was not able to fight his programming, then, like, wouldn't he be able to fight the programming that Skynet originally had when right. the humans override him? Yeah, exactly. It, but it's just like, it's. They, they didn't even get John's age right. <laughs> right. They would not think of that detail. <laughs> If I remember correctly, Sam, I think that you and I had a discussion about this with Amazing Spider-Man that made me think of this afterward. Um, mm. Speaking of things that they don't get right, first movie, Kyle Reese says to Sarah Connor, come with me if you want to live. Second movie, in the hallway of the hospital, Terminator pulls uh, Sarah, uh, puts his hand out for Sarah to you know, be pulled up off the ground. Come with me if you want to live. Terminator 3... Get in. Do you want to live? Come on. Yeah. It's like they went out of their way to avoid saying it, just the same way that in Amazing Spider-Man, they went out of their way to not say, with great power comes great responsibility. It was right. like, you know when you got great power, there's a lot of things that you need to do, responsible <laughs> things. And I and I don't think he ever said, I'll be back. I know he said, I'm back. He, he said, she'll be back. And yeah. then it's like, fuck you. Right. I I would rather sit there and watch the movie and go, man, they really forced the I'll be back. All right, whatever. It, it's part of it. But then the she'll be back. It's like you, like you said, you went out of your way to not do it. <laughs> you did it without doing it. At that point, don't bother. And there's not even like good dialogue in the rest of the film. No. There's there's one line. Actually, no, there's two. I'll give him credit. There's two lines in the film <laughs> that I like. One of them is when John is sitting there. It's after the stupid, my least favorite scene of the movie, where they're, they're in the shopping for the, the supplies, and they got that song in the background, that funky man, funky, funky shit. Um, it, where they're sitting in the back of the veterinary truck, or whatever the hell it is, and John says, you know, try to imagine that you're going to do the most important thing anybody would ever done, but, you know, the something bad has to happen, you know, the things that you love, it's not going to last. It's like, okay, that's, that's a roundabout way of doing it, but it's not too bad. But there's only one other line in the whole movie that I like, 
and it's uh, after they found out that John would die in the future, that the Terminator was going to kill him, and that he, you know, th- this is like the setup for that kind of stuff. But they're a married couple, and they start kind of flirting with each other and stuff. And if you hear a thunderstorm in the background, the storm's coming. Oh, that's so cool! <laughs> oh um, yeah, been over here. So they're, they're in that scene, and you know they're talking, they're flirting with each other and stuff like that. And there's one good line, and it's uh, the T800 and T850 says. Your levity is good. It relieves tension and the fear of death. And then they're like, oh, shit. I forgot yeah. that this is happening. Like, that's the, one, the only thing that made me laugh in this entire movie. But then there's lines like, just die, you bitch. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. What a and fatalist that's... message, too, in this movie. It's, like, it, there is no fate but what we make for ourselves, or you're doomed no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this movie so goddamn much. I do like the graveyard scene, though, to an extent. It's kind of cool that they stashed weapons in the graveyard. Yeah, it was like a good touch, but then it's that—that's all it was. That was like the one time where they were able to go. Wouldn't it be cool if? And then people were like, "Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> that actually would be cool." <laughs> and the, the the female Terminator's like Terminator form wasn't even that good. It looked like something out of, like, Alien vs. Predator. Yeah. It looked more like an alien <laughs> than anything else. You're right. And why does it have the liquid metal over it? And how is that able to shape-shift its body if it's just a little bit, but it's got an actual, like, hard skeleton underneath it? Ugh. I hate it so goddamn much. This movie is just a pain in the ass. And then they have the gall to, you know, well, Skynet just ended up happening, and... There's no Cyberdyne anymore. There's just cyber research systems or something. And uh, what, like, um, what positives do you guys have for this movie? If you have any, uh, I would say if there is any positive whatsoever, it, it there's a string of logic where they would have said, okay, they blew up the Cyberdyne building. But it's a building. The people who owned that building could have just rebuilt and put in their resources and just started from where they were. Like, it's on a computer. Like, I could mm-hmm. have something on a computer, like, halfway across the country. And if they blow up that building, I still have the data. Uh-huh. So at least that kind of maybe I could see. But then, like, everything else just kind of makes it fall apart. And my least favorite part of this movie is the entire movie. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) What about you, Caroline? Well, for me, and this is... It's it's tearing me apart because I remember that I was excited to feel like, oh, you know, this next Terminator is going to be a female. And that made me really excited. But then I kind of just, I hated it. How they (laughs) went about the whole thing with her. So... I like, I guess, the idea that this very advanced Terminator just happens to be a female. Um, like, there's so much that could have been done with that, but then everything else just... Uh, yeah. That's that's it for me. <laughs> My favorite thing in the movie is something that you have to suffer to get through. It's the very end. <laughs> <laughs> the very, very end. 
I do really like the idea that the reason that John survived the nuclear holocaust was in an abandoned military bunker. Yeah, that part. And the only part where it made sense is like when the Terminator says, "You meeting your wife is what puts you in touch with the military. Yeah, because she has that, the contacts through her father. Right, but then, but then in Salvation, like... But then in Salvation, nobody, like, trusts him. He's not the leader of the Resistance. Mm. He's, like, the leader of a small little group of people. There's an actual Resistance, like... So that part kind of lost on me a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I I do like how they assumed that this was going to be Skynet's, like, you know, central core. And he gets pissed off once he realizes he's just like, oh my god, there's nothing here. We lost. And the radio comes on and the guy's, you know, who's in charge there? And he finally just goes, I am that I liked. And I also kind of liked when Kate says about the plastic or the Claymore mine or whatever you would call it or whatever. Uh, C4. That's what it was. Um, when it's still going off and she says, you know, we could just let it go. Cause it's like, I, I at that point, if I were thinking of things, I would either be, well, you know what? No, I'd be curled up in a ball, crying my eyes out. Yeah. <laughs> But if anything, I would kind of consider it because you like your life is going to be worse. You know, you're going to have to struggle and, you know, whatever. But if I'm going to give him credit for anything, it's that. And the I don't even remember movie. that. I think that I had like already checked out of the movie. I'm like, wait, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> that line or the the ending? <laughs> the ending is like, wait, I really don't remember the ending. <laughs> that was uh, Crystal Peak where they... They took a plane, and then another plane crashed into it, and then another plane crashed into it. <laughs> or, no, it was a plane, and then a helicopter, and then a helicopter. But, God damn oh, it, man. Oh, I suck. <laughs> and the whole, you know, this just sucks. This movie's just fucking garbage. And mm-hmm. I said before, I'm giving it a 3 out of 10. Sam, what would you give it? Uh, a 3 sounds appropriate. It's... The visual effects aren't that bad. <laughs> like, they're not great, but they're not bad. I did like the one thing that, uh, wasn't there one of the, uh, not, it, I don't think it was a Terminator. It was one of the Skynet robots that it controlled. Kind of reminded me of that thing, like a smaller version of that thing from Robocop. Uh, the T1? Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, the ED209, I think is his name. Yeah. Like, some of that was okay, kind of. Like, I definitely don't recommend this movie to people. So I'd probably maybe give it more like a 2.5. Because then I, I don't recommend you watch this movie. Like, even <laughs> if you lo- not just Not just even if you love Terminator. Like, if somebody said, hey, love. I think we might have lost Sam there. Yeah, I was like, did I? My did I uh, my power is kind of flickering in and out. Uh, so we might end up having a problem with that. Um, but I agree with Sam, though. I mean, I think basically yeah. what he was trying to say is I don't recommend the movie and stuff. Uh, it's going to see if we can get Sam back on here in a second. Uh, in the meantime, though, Caroline, what would you give the movie out of a 10? A 1, because I don't think I can... I, I don't remember the ending, so maybe <laughs> I fell asleep. <laughs> Um, and I just, I really hated how sexist it, it was. And even for my uncle, 
who blast his heart, thinks that Expendables is just the best movie in the world, I wouldn't recommend this one. So it's just, it's, it's shit. Like, I wouldn't watch this movie even if I needed something to watch while I was getting, like, a bikini wax done. Like, it's that bad. Don't watch it. It's Which bad. one's more painful? That's the problem. You know what? I think the bikini wax is less painful because it's over in a few seconds. Yeah, and this one takes two hours. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and you actually get something good out of the bikini wax. Like, it looks nice. But this one is just like, you're just like, dumbfounded. You're kind of mad that you wasted your time watching it. Although there are parallels. I mean, it's like you ripped out the heart of the... <laughs> uh, well, so... Tony, I don't know if you know a lot about bikini wax. <laughs> well, if they're ripping out hearts, they're doing a terrible job at a bikini well, wax. Yeah. But... Right. <laughs> but there is ripping involved. So. Yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, so that's it for Terminator 3. The hell with that movie screw that but we have one more on the list and that one's a slight upgrade for that so thank mm-hmm. god terminator 4 uh is terminator salvation coming up in part four so stay tuned click on the next video we will be right back with something that thankfully we'll have some more optimistic points of view about welcome back everybody to part four of the four real movie club for the month of june episode 15 we talked Terminator 1, Terminator 2, Terminator 3. Now we're going to just abandon the idea of something being Terminator 4 because they went, nah, I think I want to name it Terminator Salvation. Don't like the title. What do you guys think about that? Nah, because there uh... was no salvation. No, far from it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nothing really like... got saved other than Kyle. Maybe it was like a salvation because Terminator 3 was finally over. <laughs> um, trying to save yeah. the franchise. Yeah, maybe it's like, oh. Hey, I'll give it this. It, it, it's better than T3. Mm-hmm. It's significantly better. Oh, y- yeah. And it's still not even like a great movie or anything like that. It's just Terminator 3 is that bad. Yeah. No, I still, I, I only recommend it for like the quality of special effects. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it's a decent movie to look at. That's about it. Yeah. Southern right. Worthington is really decent to look at. Like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on our side of things, we got Moon Bloodgood. Blood yeah, Good. she's gorgeous. Which, all right, one of the things that we definitely have to talk about uh, with this movie, we mentioned it a lot in Terminator 3. We were saying how the first two films, James Cameron is somebody who likes strong women. You know, mm-hmm. the yes. Alien franchise has Ripley. Yes. Terminator's got Sarah Connor, except for in Terminator 3. Terminator Salvation, when they were making this, they specifically were like, you know what? We should have a strong woman in here. And it's not Bryce Dallas Howard who's playing Kate Brewster because Mm -hmm. she's the motherly kind of character, which makes sense. Okay. You know, but Moon Bloodgood is Blair Williams and she is actually somebody who can fight and she can kick ass and whatever. And that was a huge plus when I was watching this movie because I'm not, I mean... A little bit of it's lost in translation with me since I am a guy. A lot of times if a movie will come out and people will be like, well, the women weren't strong in it. And I'll be like, I didn't even think about it. Like, Mm -hmm. because a lot of the times I don't think about any of that stuff. Like, uh, and it comes from race too. I mean, a lot of people, they group it together. People complained about Heimdall being black in Thor. And I was like, you know what? I didn't even think about it until you said it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. People will complain and they'll say, you know, there's only damsels in distress in this movie or there's that, uh, what is it, the Vegel test or something that um, 
to determine whether or not a film is sexist, you have to take that there has to be at least two female characters that are in a scene by themselves without any men, and they have to be without... talking about something that isn't like talking about the men. I forget exactly how it goes. Oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> it's this whole like, you know, how to judge if something is feminist or not or whatever. But like, this movie doesn't have that really. I mean, it it does to an extent, like um, Blair and Kate talk in one scene, you know, that kind of stuff. But just the fact that Terminator 3 was so piss poor about it, yeah, they needed to make sure that they made a conscious effort to do it in this one. (laughs) (laughs) To just prove that, like, the franchise isn't, that's not lost on them, you know? Right. Kate is the motherly one. She's the, the one that's the badass and stuff. What do you guys think about Blair? Is that somebody who she lives up to the idea of Sarah Connor or was she just kind of a, you know, filler replacement? Yeah, I For think me- she was. Oh, sorry, Sam. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, to, well, uh, it's simple. To me, it was filler replacement and that's all it was. Uh, how about you? I agree. I think that um, she wasn't deep enough to measure up to Sarah because we understood why she had the facade of being strong and why did she get to get like, what did, what happened to her for her to get that strong? I mean, I don't hate, I, I didn't hate Blair. Well, I think, I think the world ended. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she has no mirrors to check herself out in like in Terminator three. So she was like, Oh, I guess what else should I do? Uh, yeah. Do you know, um, she wasn't, she wasn't, that. Like she didn't take me out of anything, but she was. She's not a character that I'm like. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go home and burn some bras for you. Like no. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mention that though, because uh, as sexist as Terminator Three is, they filmed a nude scene in Terminator Salvation with Blair. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a scene where they are. It, she's with um, Marcus, and it's raining out, and she changes her clothes. And she takes her top off and, you know, holds over her breast because she's, like, trying to block them. And then that's it. And they eventually cut it out and they realized, and I commend them for it, it doesn't offer anything. Yeah. Like, there's no reason to show Moon Blood Good's breasts. Right. Well, she's an attractive Just, woman. And, exactly. You know, that would be only, like, the, the only and, like, reason. The, and the, the two sides of the argument, neither side even wins out. Because the one is, well, it shouldn't matter. Don't sexualize women's breasts. And it's like, well, they are, though. Like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe that's a feminist argument for another time. But it doesn't matter. The fact that you're doing it isn't because it's a strong female and she shows her breasts, whatever. The fact that she was hiding them means she didn't want them to be seen, which means the scene itself is pointless. Yeah. Doing it. It's not a sexual scene. It's not an empowerment scene. It's a, uh, ooh, my breasts are out. Better not let the man see them. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, there's no point to it. And, like, the other side, it being, like, like we said, like, just cut it out. Like, even the feminist argument wouldn't even really be credible here because... They are sexualized. Right, yeah. Right, so I'm glad they cut it out. It, not that it would have, like, oh, I would have hated the movie if they included that. But, like, it, I'm glad that they had the foresight enough to say, you know what, we shouldn't do that. Because I feel yeah. like that was never said during Terminator 3. 
<laughs> in, in anything ever. No, yeah. <laughs> Another reason why they did it though is because cutting that out meant that they would go from a rated R to a rated PG thirteen. Uh, so weren't smart both move. Ones R? What was that? Were what were the ratings of the other two? They're rated or, R. Yeah, the other three, I mean. Sorry. Yeah, they're rated R. Yeah, all three are R. I would have preferred it to stay R. Yeah. We talked about this on the not safe for work group meeting discussion about the idea does a rated R movie does it immediately make it better or not? It's not that it makes it better, it's what kind of movie are you trying to to portray? Like what story yeah. are you telling? And I mean, the story of the Terminator is a story that is served for an R film. Exactly. It's violent. It's uh it's the idea of a horrible future. Um it's You're kind seeing, of the same yeah everywhere yeah you know but i mean if it's just if it was just like for the boobs i mean it doesn't really matter <laughs> right because i think the kind of though the rated r thing transfers better with the other films because you're out of your element and it's f- more frightening like the first film's you know practically a horror movie mm-hmm. right the second one it's an action one or whatever but it's still like this thing's going to come and kill you. And the third right. one is like, it should be rated R because that means less people are going to go see it. And the, <laughs> the third one was just a sci-fi movie. Yeah. But salvation is a war film. And if they could get away with doing that in PG 13, I think it makes a lot more sense. <laughs> it was still like, they still had some good death things happen. And my argument is this film should have been, everything we were promised from what Kyle talked about in the first Terminator. Yeah. This should have been the horrible living nightmare. Right. And I, that's one thing I didn't get from this. It was bleak, sure, but it wasn't just you want to kill yourself just living here. So what we were promised before, the promise uh, that the story essentially would go this way, and I'm so glad that they did it, and that's Kyle Reese is the target. Mm-hmm. Thank God they did that because not only is Anton Yelkin or Yelchin or however you pronounce it uh, a good actor, but Kyle is my favorite character in this whole thing. He's got a better demeanor about him. He's like he's a soft guy because he takes care of Star, but he's also hardened enough that he can fight. And he hasn't been completely hardened yet. Yeah, he hasn't lost all hope. Because he hasn't met Sarah Connor yet. Then he gets really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Got away with it. Boom. Nice. Ten (laughs) points. The actors in general are better in this one, though, than Terminator 3. I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Sammy. Not you. (laughs) Sam. uh, Sam Worthington. Yes. He's fine. That's He's a falling. weird character, though. That they... Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. I don't know. I that's really I, that's one of my negatives about the movie, is like a human Terminator cyborg thing. You know, I don't yeah, consider that gave, it a negative. Yeah, so Because, you know what, John... Like, John's like... And remember that scene where they're standing around and he's in chains and they're like, what do we do with it? Like, mm-hmm. John should have been like... Like, the pro- like, John's experiences with the Terminators have all been positive. I understand that this is, and he even goes back to the old tapes. And I, I loved that, that he went back to like consult with his mother through those tapes. And it's like, there's never any mention of this kind of thing. 
So it's something he has like no background with. He had no prep for this. But I feel like he still should have been the kind of guy who should have trusted it. Well, he does, but he doesn't. Like, he's been fighting them, and he knows that the likelihood that there's a good Terminator out there is so far on the opposite end. But it's still part human, so he doesn't want to do anything. Like, Right. That's why he's able to turn pretty quickly when Blair's like, no, nah, he's a guy, and he's like, all right. Like, you know... I also didn't like the whole uh, uh, Batman voice, John Connor. (laughs) (laughs) John Connor. Christian Bale. Christian Bale's a good actor. I like him, but the problem that I have with him is that I love him so much in American Psycho that I just have a hard time believing him in other roles. Killing Paul Allen. (laughs) Oh God, Poland deserved to die. Okay, he didn't even get his name right. Yeah, that fucker had a good card. He deserved to die. <laughs> oh man, I love that scene so much. <laughs> what do you guys think of the cold opening with the jail cell, though? That they establish this idea that Marcus Wright is this killer, and that he's going to donate his body to science, and his story of the whole film is just does somebody deserve to get a second chance? I kind of like it and I kind of don't like it. to me. This is a big flaw that I have in the movie. I like everything about the story of this movie. I don't like the execution of it. Uh-huh. I, I agree with you. I, I think the biggest problem with the movie and maybe they thought they needed to change it up, which is fair if they thought that, but they should not have done it. The movie should have been about John and Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and it was about Marcus. And I think that took the focus way off where it should have been. Yeah, Yeah, and actually it was supposed to be even worse than that. Uh, They originally wanted the uh, Marcus character to be played by Christian Bale. And they had less John Connor in there. Oh, wow. He said, I think John Connor is the better character that I want to play. And then they were like, oh, well, we can't have Christian Bale be like a side supporting character. So they wrote more John Connor into the script. Wow. And, that, and that's the problem. Here's the big problem, though. The big, big, big problem. If I'm going to do one of those T-1000 finger waves, it's at this one. <laughs> the original ending, John was supposed to die. That makes no sense. And but, Marcus yeah. was supposed to be like, they were going to basically take John's skin and put it on top of Marcus. Oh. So he's John Connor. But not you know, really. I feel like that's not the direction they're going in, but I feel like they sort of have molded that with this Terminator Genesis movie. Yep. Oh. So like, so like they put it into there where maybe he's not actually John Connor, but maybe he killed John Connor and then took his place or something. That's what I'm petrified of. Cause oh, man. If they would have taken the route that they wanted to go here, it would have shit all over the series. Cause John Connor is supposed to be alive in the future, not John's right. skin. Right. Not that somebody. That makes no sense. John. Like, mm-hmm. does it mean that you are only you because of your skin or what you look like outside? They it's tried just, to argue uh... that the idea was John is such like a spiritual leader that like, you can carry on in his name kind of a thing. Oh, Lord. But it's like, mercy. but no, you, no, you, you, no, you can't. can't. Like, 
if that was worth the case, then John could die in the past. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Anybody could have taken up the role. And it would mean that at this like timeline, the Terminator is the one that sends the Terminators back in time. The Terminator is the one that gets to know Kyle Reese. And when Kyle Reese in the first movie says, I would die for John Connor, no, you would die for a goddamn Terminator. Like, yeah. Right, die for a robot. So I'm so glad that they didn't do that. But you can tell that they had that written into the script because of the way that the movie ends where John gets stabbed in the heart. Right. And then he gets his heart. Yeah. Mm. Although they do a little foreshadowing where in the tapes that he's listening to, Sarah says, just follow your heart. And it's like, Oh, okay. It was oh, kind of thing. They're trying to be and, deep now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but at man. least they have T 600s in it, you know, <laughs> yeah. and right. They call them the T 600s and they've got the rubber skin. Like, they put a lot more time and effort into looking at the other movies than Terminator 3 did. Right. <laughs> they got the line, come with me if you want to live. They got that correct. Look at that. Very cool that they did that. And that it was, you know, Kyle again. Which one said I'll be back? That was John. All right. That was a good gag. I remember being in the theater and when it was like, well, what do I tell all the people when you leave? I'll be back. And everybody was like, ah, I got it. <laughs> and that, that was like, and that's probably one of the only times it wasn't forced. Mm-hmm. Like, that's believable. Like, yeah. tell them I'll be back. Yeah. But he, and, but he does the iconic line. Instead of like, that, fuck, oh my god, the trailer for Genesis, I'll be back. Wait, what? Jumps out of a plane. <laughs> oh, oh god. Right after that, though, they do force something. When he takes down the Moto Terminator, the little motorcycle one, he's playing You Could Be Mine. <laughs> the same <laughs> song that, you know, the bow. That was... <laughs> it's like, all right, the likelihood that he's going to put on that same song that just happened to be the one playing before they got the T-1000 coming after them, like, eh, you know, but the reason they did it was fan service, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we've got the the Marcus character. We've got John. Kate does nothing in this movie. She really doesn't. Yeah. She was built up in the third one, and I think they realized, wow, we kind of screwed the pooch on that. She just kind of rubs her pregnant belly. And, right. You know, looks at the camera with these fake eyes and goes, you know, watch out for Jurassic World. I'm in that one. Yeah. <laughs> I had completely forgotten that she was uh, in this movie, actually. Yeah. No, I mean, not Jurassic Park, because I just watched it. I'm not that dumb. <laughs> but I had completely forgotten that she was... For some reason, I thought that Jessica Chastain was in this movie and not her. I don't know. I get those confused every once yeah. in a while. They do look very <laughs> similar. What do you guys think of the Transformer Terminator-looking thing? Eh. Uh, I, that's exactly what made me think of. Like, he took me out of the way, like, oh my god, that looks like a Transformer. And that's what it did for me. I mean, Transformer is much, yeah, like, it. it's not as old as this Terminator, right? Or is it? No, I think that, well, if you're talking about the, the movies, it's not, but. Okay, the, yeah, um, no, I mean, I didn't, yeah. The series is from the 80s, so. Oh, okay. Well, um, yeah, so maybe if I did not watch um, Salvation at the theater, I watched it later on on cable or whatever. Back, by then, I, I had seen Transformers because I didn't grow up with Transformers. So I had no idea what they were. <laughs> so maybe if I was in the theater when it first came out or maybe if I watched it um, 
before I was aware of Transformers, it wouldn't have bothered me. But to me, that that's it reminded me of Transformers, and it kind of for some reason reminded me of Wild 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 West. Which is oh, yeah. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I really hope that they don't fight a giant spider in the uh, oh. <laughs> Terminator Genesis. They might as well. I mean, <laughs> a positive note I have down here. I always liked the, the idea that the minefield was a reveal that he was a Terminator. That was kind of cool. Yeah. You know, just like I- well, it only affects the. You know, that's the metal magnetized one. What? My leg? Boom. Fuck you. Like, you know. Yeah, from the, oh, uh, from okay. the trailers for Genesis, it looks like they did a much better job of what they botched in this one, where, like, that really fake Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, that. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, when he goes back. That cringeworthy, yeah. <sighs> Yeah, but you know what? They had a backup plan for that if it wasn't going to work out right, and that was that when he shoots at him, that he would have shot out the face before you got to see it. Oh. Mm. Now, I did like the one thing. I think they tried to retcon everything, because it didn't in this one they call it the T-800 Model 101. Well, that's what it is. Right, but remember in, in Terminator 3, I thought they only called it a 101. Oh, yeah, well, that was the T-101 thing where they were like... Because they were calling it a T-101. This, it's a T-800, but it's Model 101. Yeah, they went back to the original one and paid attention. (laughs) Right. Thank God. Even just the movie trailer for Terminator 2 tells you Cyberdyne Systems Model 101 T-800. (laughs) So, goddamn, Terminator 3 didn't watch the fucking trailer even, you bastards. They really did it. They didn't give a shit. I'm telling you. Um, who directed Salvation? Some guy, some guy named Mick G. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's it. all he goes by is MCG, Mick G. Oh, okay. I was trying to find it, and, and I just kept going to that name, and I wasn't sure if it was like a a mistake. <laughs> and the what MGB... he's done since then, actually. He might not have done anything since this. Maybe. I mean... Salvation's not a bad... I guess it just, like, did not get me pumped. Like, T2 and T1. It was just, like... Like, I was glad that it wasn't, like, the third one. But I was also, like, not super excited about. That's why I... To me, it felt a lot like... A very, 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 very modern take of what it should have been. Mainly it's because of, like, the extreme use of visual effects and things like that. I I, I don't know if it's because I'm kind of biased towards them in general. Um, I just feel like practical effects just, like, are always better. (laughs) But it was all right. Well, that's why I would give this movie, like, a four. Because I don't like it. But there's a lot of things about... About it that I really like, and it's also the problem of uh, Terminator Three. There are things about this movie that, if you had put those ideas in the hands of better writers and better directors, you would have gotten a much better result. Yeah. So it's like I almost can't hate them because there is something there, but they didn't execute it, and it upsets me. Uh huh. 
I think that's a good way to to kind of overall explain it. Like Salvation is much better than Terminator Three, but it still just doesn't have that James Cameron. Effect. Yeah, right. It and doesn't. Terminator Genesis probably isn't going to either, and that's why I'm going into this movie. <laughs> assuming that I'm wasting 15 bucks and I'm going to be angry. So I'm telling you ahead of time, anybody who's listening to this and then going to the review point, unless that movie proves me wrong, that review point is going to be me going, and then this part, what the fuck? And then this part. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's the same director for that one who did Thor the Dark World, which had its problems too. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, we don't know, guys. We might be, like, pleasantly surprised. Like, you never know. It might it might be good, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, like, I really was wondering about Jurassic World. And then I was, like, pleasantly... Not that I thought it was going to be bad, but I thought this could be bad. And it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So this, this could be another case of, I think this is going to be bad, and then it turns out it's not. But, I mean, I thought the same thing about Terminator 3 when I saw the trailers. Like, <laughs> And then, then when I saw the movie, it was like, no, this was a letdown. Then Terminator Salvation, it's like, maybe this one, and then no. So now it's the third time of maybe this one. You're jaded, yeah. Yes, I, I am. They've got a, <laughs> an uphill battle. They do. Uh, I think they just have to, hopefully, and they did that, just went back to the basics because three did not respect any of the rules. Uh, well, I guess some they did, but like having the, the female Terminator appear naked um, because, you know, that's, that's the important rule. That's the rule that they couldn't forget. Uh, and then you have salvation, which is just like Tony said, it's, it's a war movie, um, which I guess like it fits the story. For that one, but it doesn't. It's not what Terminator. It's about. I think there are still ways of you showing this chaotic future and these characters and focusing on important things without just being a war movie. Terminator is the story of John Connor, so make it the story of John Connor. Yeah, yeah, Mm. exactly. If anything, it's the story of hope for humankind. (laughs) That too. Instead of being like. Wouldn't it be cool if this thing happened and, you know, whatever. And a little side note, I'm surprised that they've still not done anything in any of these movies where the way that they destroy a Terminator is through electricity. Because Terminator 1, it gets smashed. Terminator 2, they've got a reference to it where the T-1000 is smashing the Terminator and then impales it. But... The way that they get around it is, you know, well, how does the T-1000 uh, and the T-800 go down? Through the molten steel. Terminator 3, they just went, oh, yeah, fuck, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but Terminator 3 could have had a really cool thing with that magnetic part, how it was kind of like sucking the skin away. Uh-huh. But they went with exploding the power cell. And in Terminator Salvation, the T-800 is back to being a badass. You know, it takes forever to kill this fucking thing. But right, they also, of course, of they reference the idea like, you know, it gets the whole, we're going to smash it like in Terminator 1, we're going to do the molten steel like in Terminator 2, and then, you know, they just rip the head off. But <laughs> what, I think in... is, what I think is really cool, though, in that last little bit of the scene is when they go to fight it, but then they look and they realize, like, 
one of these things has been hard to kill. There is literally a factory, like, airline hangar-sized troop of them. Mm-hmm. Like, they are just, they're boned. They're, they're totally screwed. I think that that was a good way to turn things around, and then it just, it didn't fully do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that your so, dog snoring? I think it is. I think that's Carol's dog. I think that's Bonnie's Yeah, it's her. <laughs> so, any favorite or least favorite parts we haven't mentioned yet from any of you? Toss any ideas out. I think my favorite part would probably just be like the the beginning kind of like not the very beginning but like when you see Kyle and Star and Marcus like I I, I generally enjoyed that where they're explaining to Marcus like what happened and they're like fighting that T600 that was kind of cool yeah but um my least favorite part probably the same thing they did to Patrick Stewart in X-Men Origins Wolverine, that they do it to Arnold, like that really just, it, look. it pulls you out of the movie with how fake it is. I actually say that's one of my favorite parts, even though it does look fake. <laughs> yeah. Well, the fight's good, yeah. but I, I hate the, like, for as much as these movies make, like, to, to the production budget, I mean, like, you couldn't have put a little bit more time and effort into that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I like that they tried, though, you know? Yeah. What about and you, Caroline? Anything was, stand out? Was this the movie that had the deleted scene of Schwarzenegger and that really weird voice? No, that was T3. Oh, uh, that was that. Where they did the whole uh, Sergeant Candy. And, yeah. You know, hi, I'm Sergeant Candy, whatever, whatever. Like, well, that voice is terrible. We can fix it. <laughs> right. Uh. Um... Well, I think my favorite part was the relationship between Star and, and Kyle. Um, slightly reminiscent of uh, the relationship that um, the Terminator and, and John had and on T2. And I, I kind of like these moments whenever we're seeing a movie about, oh, there might not be any hope. We live in this chaotic environment and we might just die any moment. It's kind of nice to be to have characters that remind you of what it is to be human. And I don't know, I just kind of start thinking about uh, the whole situation where, you know, um, uh, John Connor did not have a father figure and maybe Kyle even really missed... Uh, being part of his life. So it was kind of cute to see him with Star. And, and that was my favorite bit. Um, what if he would have, like, oh. when he first saw Kyle, if he would have been like, Dad? <laughs> been like, what the fuck? No. Papa? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, it, it was an interesting dynamic finally getting to see John meet Kyle. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was worried that Star would get killed. I thought yeah. she was going to be a sacrificial lamb. That's what I thought, too. Yeah, I thought so, too. Kind of glad that they didn't go that way. <laughs> I kind of wanted her to. Uh, Not that I, like, you know, want a little girl to die, but, like, uh, <laughs> you know, I kind of, I would have been okay if they would have killed her off in, like, the final battle. I'll be sad. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping that they were going to see um, 
I think, wasn't there a plan for that? That they were going to find the time machine in Salvation? Uh, that would have been too early, I think. I would have been annoyed about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Doing... I, like, I like the idea that he's not the, the full leader yet, that he has to mm-hmm. earn his way, and a lot of people are, like, calling him a false prophet and stuff. Like, Yeah. And, you know, you've got, like, the General Ashdown, who's the hard... If you're going to cast anybody who's, like, a hard in a military guy, Michael Ironside is like, <laughs> just go with it, you know? Uh, I like that kind of, like... There's still, like, a, a story for John other than survival. Right. And if he's going to fight anything, apparently he was going to fight the lighting guys. Because this is that movie where Christian Bale flipped the fuck out. <laughs> what don't you yeah. fucking understand? Oh my god. I don't he's... walk out of your side. Go, da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a douchebag. We're, we're done professionally. <laughs> <laughs> One of my least favorite parts about this movie, though, is uh, it's completely Bale. And the uh, the acting and the writing or whatever. It's the Hydrobot scene where uh. Uh, he's, you know, they're going back and forth about, like, he kind of wants to kill him. He's got the gun pointed at him and he's like, I can get you into Skynet and whatever. But then when he starts to leave, then the scene's done. And he just goes, what are you? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. And it's so, like... You couldn't have done another take of this? <laughs> it's right. so very awkward. I don't know. Very what are you should have come way before that. Not just like, all right, see you later, buddy. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's just a Christian Bale moment, too. It's like he's always like building up to something, and then he just like erupts into <laughs> mad anger. <laughs> Where are the drugs going? That's, that's the wrong movie, Christian. <laughs> what is this? Where are the fucking lights? Where's the Joker? <laughs> it's like, you know, what's up with you, Marcus? Uh, I was in jail and whatever. You were in a padded cell. <laughs> so, Rachel. Here's yeah. my card. Rachel, Rachel, Kyle. Uh, zero to ten, what would you give it? Uh, Caroline? Four. A five, a five. They didn't hate it. It's, it's kind of like meh. I don't care. Kind of a movie. So a five. Right in the middle. Sam? I'll give it a 4.5. I'd just nudge it to the scale of I don't like it. But I'd still recommend it to people if they like like just a standard action movie. Like not a Terminator movie, but if they just want to see like guns blazing and some storyline. Yeah, Terminator Salvation. All right. I'll give it a six. I'm a little bit more optimistic about it. It's... You know, it doesn't compare to T1 and T2, but after the travesty of T3, I got to at least <laughs> double the score. Yeah. But in my mind, if you are a Terminator fan and you watch Terminator 1 and Terminator 2, watch the special, the extended special edition of T2, end it there, and then you're you're done. But if you don't and you really want to continue it, I say do the alternative branch. Go off to Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, instead of Terminator 3. That's that follows a different continuity. It keeps T one and T two, but gets rid of T three and Salvation. And that was a much better TV so, uh, show. The if you didn't it get canceled though. Yeah, well, it got unfortunately canceled after the second season, where they set up a big twist and they never got to pay it off. Oh. Uh, what was the twist? Ruin it. Yeah, spoiler alert for the people that will uh, maybe watch it. Fast forward about a minute or two here, but. 
um, the series is based on the idea that uh, a female Terminator who's like a teenager gets sent back to protect John, and she's so much better than the TX. Good. Uh, her name's Cameron, based off of Jim Cameron. Like, so you know, that's kind of like cute. Yeah. But uh, they set up a thing where they've got um, Kyle Reese's brother gets sent back too, and uh, he's one of the best characters in the whole thing. Uh, he gets killed at one point in the most shocking thing I've ever seen in a TV show ever, where he just literally gets killed out of nowhere in one scene, and you're like, wait, what the fuck? What the hell just happened? Like, what? Um, But they built up this whole thing with a T-1000 who is working with a computer system that plays chess. Like, you know how they have the computers that play chess? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where Skynet learns how to think oh. through one of those computers. Ooh. And... Um, she's kind of involved in it and something, I can't remember exactly what it is, but something happens where they go to the future. It's uh, the, the T-1000 is actually good. And she and John go to an alternate future where when they go there, they see that Kyle's brother is not dead because he hasn't sent, been sent back through time yet. But he goes, who the hell are you? He has no idea who the hell John is. Oh, and it ends with them going like them pointing guns at them and them being like the next season would have been John's in the future, but there's no like this is a future if John wouldn't have grown up to lead the resistance kind of. Oh, that's pretty cool. And it was like, ah, and then they canceled it and then they're like, oh, fuck you. But oh, man, maybe Netflix will <laughs> eventually salvage <laughs> it or something. That'll Probably be the salvation. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So spoilers done. <laughs> so I recommend that for those people that are interested. Uh, the woman who plays Sarah Connor is Lena Hetty or Lena Hetty or I don't know how to pronounce her name from Game of Thrones. She's a good Sarah Connor, and um, the one who plays John is he was in Heroes season one. Thomas Decker, he's even better than Edward Furlong. I think he was great. Um, very cool though. Very cool series. So that's it for Terminators one through four long edition of the four real movie club, but it's Terminator. I had to do that. What the hell? Um, so last thing we need to do here, just plug some stuff that's going on and, uh, promote some things that we've got in our background that we're working on and whatever like that. Sam, what do you want to throw out there for people? Uh, you can just check me out, writing articles for fanboysanonymous.com. I'm going to be watching a lot of movies this summer. So you can catch me doing a review point podcast for Ant-Man. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to be able to drag you to the Fantastic Four, am I? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh, Caroline? Um, everybody can check out my website, czofx.com. Um, you can also check me out on Instagram. I post a lot of pictures of my dog and of the stuff that I've been working yes, on. Yes, she ha- does. I do! It's like the best part of the day. It's, um creepy underscore caroline like fairly easy uh yeah and check out finboys anonymous and hopefully my article is gonna come out soon um it's like a struggle it's a struggle it's like laborious like i'm in i've been in labor for a week and it's like painful and it's ruining my insides but it's gonna get there um and you were hot before the baby came oh man it's 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 up I'm never going to be the same. You know, my mind and my body are completely ruined. 
Oh, well, you know, you got to suffer through that because who knows? What if the the labor results in the savior of humankind? That's true. <laughs> that even though I do believe my dog is already the savior, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if for some reason you know the nuclear holocaust happens and a Boston Terrier saves us, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, I just woke her up again. I'm such a horrible mom. She's like, I need my rest. I need to start saving. Like, this you. bitch. She actually hates me. Like, if I start making a lot of noise, she just leaves my room and she goes to sleep in in the living room. Like, she really hates me. Actually, that sounds like a sensible dog. <laughs> She's a pacifist. She doesn't want to shut you up, so she'll go in the other room. Some savior of humanity. <laughs> Alrighty, guys, that'll do us in for episode 15 of the For Real Movie Club. Keep checking out fanboysanonymous.com, all the different podcasts we've got coming your way. Check out everything else under A Mango Tree as well if you're interested in the different things like the All Talk Show and Smart Out Moment. Next month, we haven't quite decided what we're going to do. We can possibly do the four Mission Impossible movies, because hmm. Mission Impossible is coming out. We might do four of the video game movies that have come out, something like Super Mario Brothers, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, or whatever, uh, to kind of set up for Pixels. We could do a wide variety of things. We could just do something off the wall. It doesn't have to be something tied to what's going on right now. So if you guys have any suggestions of what you would prefer, leave your comments below. Do that for all the different parts here as well. Tell us your thoughts on these movies. Give us some kind of a reason to like Terminator 3 if you have Yeah, if you do like it, let us know. Yeah, and tell us why you us. like it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, tell us what you think is going to happen with Terminator Genesis. Stay tuned for our review about that as well. And uh, I think that's it for the 4 Real Movie Club. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to Caroline and Sam for joining me on the podcast and listening to all my rambling nonsense about Terminator. We will see you next time, everybody. Keep on watching movies. Hasta la vista. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. I'm too old for this. Good day, sir! You stay classy, San Diego. Rose? Well, we're going, we don't need Rose. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm finished. That little pig. Hasta la vista, baby. Hey, everybody! We're all gonna get late! You're still here? It's over. Go home. <laughs>